0: that one was me i just i google image search cat bus and i like i was just scrolling i was like wow cat bus cat bus oh oh cat bus
1: would it be so bad if an 84 year old got into heroin welcome to the cat organizational podcast You idiot.
2: It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers.
1: I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005.
3: I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole.
0: I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing
1: a voice, right?
2: Everybody get off IMDB now. Time to record.
1: This episode and probably this whole, this whole podcast is a mistake.
2: Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books and video games. And more importantly, we ask ourselves why. Why, after everything that's happened this year, did they feel the need to release a Monster Hunter movie? <laughs>
0: you know i'm in i'm into it
2: and why do i still want to see it yeah i
0: really really want to see yep. the monster hunter movie yep
2: i hate that i do
0: the resident evil movies stopped right yeah. so like yeah.
3: this yeah. is just it's you know right. yeah. mila it's jovovich has to pay
1: off her house the extension yeah. to her house and she t- owes someone yeah.
3: money and that's why we got
0: these movies yeah i yeah. don't know no. if you guys saw the rampage movie with the rock which that's a whole nother podcast. no one did uh i did but Matt did. um I expect the Monster Hunter movie to go the exact same way where for like 25 minutes, I'm like, wow, what a cool Monster Hunter reference. Wow, it's so cool to see this in person. And then by minute 27, I'm like, wow, that's the seventh time I've heard that Monster Hunter reference. I don't need to do this
4: anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, anyway, guys, it is the final days of October, Um, not as of this recording, but as of this release. And, uh, and therefore, we are nearing the end of 2020's spooky train ride. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> now, since this year has shown us enough horrors outside of Halloween, I thought it would be nice to end the month on a more whimsical note. So, today we're going to talk about the wonderfully weird and fantastical world of Studio Ghibli.
0: That was a good alliteration there in that last sentence. Good job, mm. Andrew.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Um, now as you've as you all out there have heard us yelling about debate this, um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com/slash debate this cast. One of the ways that you can support us there is you can actually commission your very own flavor text. Um, and that's what today's episode is. So this is our, I think, third commission flavor text. Yes. Sure. Yes. Um, today's episode brought to you by longtime friend of our show and pro- close personal friend of mine, Nicole Bouchard. thank you so much, Nicole. Um, there are, there's a lot of information to cover here. So, for help, I've called on the Elder Spirits of the Wood. Unfortunately, they ignored me, and now I'm just stuck with Kyle, sexy-winged Christian Bale, Harper, Todd, the Life Aquatic with Liam Neeson, Thomas, and Matt. You shouldn't have decapitated that pagan god. He's just a boy, Cole.
0: Man, if I had a nickel, Andrew.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened here? <laughs>
1: All, Andrew all played, mad Lib. played celebrity mad libs he, yeah this,
2: all of all of this makes sense will make sense later i promise it's
3: it feels like right now you took a reference i knew and then threw something in i didn't know
2: that's what i did oh okay that's the <laughs> that's the through line awesome. Hashtag, that's the joke um boys it's time to pack up the car and drive through the idyllic japanese countryside Woo! <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you, for, you
3: we, we're response. all in a car that is far too small I assume, rolling it's, over very green yes. hills. And at least it, it, one of us is farted. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> it, luggage that has impossible gravity. That's impossible yes. physics. We've Obviously, we've got a lot to cover. Um, here's what I did the last two months. I watched a fuck ton of Studio Ghibli movies. Um, Ten, to be exact.
1: Damn. And, and, is that all of them?
2: No, there are 20. Oh, oh. damn. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I, so I picked the ones that are probably the most notorious and the most, well, the big, the big dogs. And, uh, and this was all made possible, uh, thanks to HBO Max. It's hashtag sponsored ad, hashtag not a sponsored ad. HBO Max, if you have HBO Max, actually has every single Studio Ghibli film, save for one, uh, in both uh, original Japanese and English dub. So um, anybody with HBO Max, huge benefit, because uh, these movies are really hard to find otherwise.
0: And if anybody has an uncle who works at HBO Max, who wants to let them know that we would like a sponsorship
1: feel free mm-hmm. to do so we will take a lot of hbo money but yeah i'd yeah. sell out for hbo max oh
2: for sure so i to segue a little bit i mentioned you know the movies that i watched most of the most of eight of the ten movies that i watched were all directed by Haya, Haya, Hayao miyazaki now you can't talk about studio ghibli without talking about Hayao miyazaki um, he is the kind of person that when you hear his name, always has legendary director before it. Um, I mean, he he is. This is the granddaddy of animation. Like if if Akira Toriyama is the granddaddy of anime, this is the granddaddy of animation.
0: Can I ask a, a clarifying question, real quick?
2: Yeah, yeah. What
0: is what differentiates this as animation versus anime?
2: It, it's that was kind of a. a snooty thing to say that i said um there really is no difference it's just anime is like the the traditional like what you would imagine anime like your dragon ball z's your your whatever
1: yeah couldn't you argue anime is a little more derived from manga and yeah and then yeah. this I is mean, like standalone more traditional
2: and uh, most of his uh, some of his stuff is derived from manga that's why okay. it's a little it's a little nuanced but uh, miyazaki's miyazaki makes films Miyazaki makes animated films Got and it. I think this is like you a long time. I've heard you say, um, mm. the, uh, what, what was it? The, uh, that game death stranding is, is the game for people who what, watch films, who call movies, films, <laughs> yes. who call movies, films. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, exactly it. It's that's, that's kind of the like pretentious, uh, you know, nomenclature I'm using here, but, but look, I mean, Miyazaki, there's a reason why he's considered, you know, legendary. He is an inspiration to the industry. Um, and when you talk about Studio Ghibli, that's his, his name is he is the face and the creative engine of the studio. Now, he's not the only filmmaker, but definitely the most prominent one. And, and the ones that everybody knows are the, and the, what associate with Ghibli are Miyazaki films. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about him, just give the background. So uh, Miyazaki began his career in animation in 1963, um, working for Toei Animation, which is a massive company, like a, like a you know, big conglomerate. Um, but they're a massive force in anime, um, responsible for a lot of the big dog franchises, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, One Piece, Yu-Gi-Oh, tons of stuff. Those are all under like the same umbrella? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, this is a production company. I mean, it's no sure. different than like ABC and NBC or, you know, Viacom or whatever. Disney.
1: Disney, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: and Disney is part of this, so we'll, we'll get there.
1: So very nitpicky question then. Mm-hmm. You said, you compared it to like NBC, ABC. Does that mean toei animation would commission smaller studios to make the to make like so, dragon ball like like nbc yeah, good question commit doesn't doesn't really make its own
2: that was shows. a bad comparison okay I, I'm, I meant i should have said like disney versus like uh warner brothers or something okay um toei so, toei animation is the is the animation arm of toei group i forget they're like Cor- the corporate entity. So they have, they're have they a big production company. Toei Animation does the animation stuff. But okay. there's others. They do movies and TV and whatnot. Gotcha. Uh, so it was there Miyazaki met Iso uh, Takahata, um, with whom he would go on to collaborate for years. And these are, these are uh, persons one and two responsible for the entirety of Studio Ghibli. So Miyazaki wasn't at Toei very long. Uh, he left in 1971. Um, and then together with Takahata... They then went on to co-direct several things. Um, you'll, you're, you'll see a lot in their credits, the show Lupin the Third, which is a very, very old anime. It's kind of like like in the Astro Boy era, like, pre, like before anime was a thing, it's, you know, Lupin the Third had like a movie and it was a huge, hugely successful show. Miyazaki bounced around a couple more studios, did some one-off projects. Um, all the while writing and illustrating manga on his own just like and just having them published by another company called uh, Tokuma Shoten which we'll we'll talk about in a bit. So so Miyazaki incredible incredible creative presence he is he is writing, he's illustrating, he's animating, he's he's working on films, he's doing all of these things. Um again, like just just an incredible force in the 70s era animation. So let's fast forward a number of years. He's been, he's been kind of bouncing around, doing all these one-off projects. He's, he's worked for, at this point, four or five different studios. 1982, this is what's really most important when it comes to Studio Ghibli. Uh, Miyazaki released the first issue of Nausicaä of the Valley of the Wind. Um, this was a long-running manga. It actually ran until, I think, 1992, maybe? 1992, 1993? Um, it was a it's a very, very deep, very thought provoking kind of environmentalist take on the sci fi genre, um, which, you know, 1982 hadn't seen a whole lot of that, that kind of thing. I mean, this is like Terminator era, you know, following Nasca's success. He was asked to adapt it to film, um, asked by the head of Tokuma Shoten, uh, which was his publisher. And he originally didn't want to, he originally didn't really want to do it. And he ultimately agreed to, uh, if one, Takahata could come with him, and two, if he could direct it. So that was, those were the, that was the deal. So um, Miyazaki and Takahata released Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, the film adaptation, two years later in 1984.
0: And was that also an animated film, not like a a live action film?
2: Yeah, animated film adaptation of the manga. So that's where like, the, the The definition between anime and animation is is really nebulous. it's probably it's like one in the same, but just for for lack of a better term, you know we'll, we, we can say for for the purposes of this show, an anime would be like a TV series, and we'll call an animated film like a movie in this, in this case Cool. I don't know if those are the definitions, but there you go. <laughs>
1: sure they are the definitions we are using. Yep. you said that he
0: was a major animator of the late 1970s, so I was curious and looked up. Other major animations from the 1970s, and came upon quasi at the Quackadero. So I think that uh, mm. studio Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki is probably the biggest name that even I know. Yeah. From the 1970s from, animation. From scene.
2: 1970s. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this is this is big stuff. Now, now keep in mind, this was all still very much Japan, right? Because I mean, we America at this time had no idea, had no interest in in eastern cartoon anything that wasn't you know immediately made in america so kind of keep that in the back of your mind that a long a lot of this history is is really isolated to japan and and you the u.s didn't get any semblance of this stuff until the late 90s okay uh okay so um the valley of the wind hugely popular uh came out critical success the movie was was critically and commercially uh, successful the there we'll talk a little bit more when we talk. I love this movie. I think this is like one of the best that I watched. Um, and we'll talk about a lot of the themes later, but you know, people really resonate again. It's 1984. People in Japan super resonated with its feminist themes. It was like very, like, very um, like kind of a liberal take on environmentalism, you know, a lot of a lot of these like really, really impactful things that you know were 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 plaguing a lot of people. And uh, and eventually this is what this was kind of the catalyst in getting Studio Ghibli off the ground. So following the movie's success, um, Miyazaki and Takahata uh, went on to start Studio Ghibli, um, along with a few other folks. I'm gonna stop there though, um, and I'm gonna do what we normally do with these flavor texts, and let's go around the horn and just talk about, I'd like to hear from each of you, what, if any, familiarity you have with Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli, any of their work. Uh, So we can start with Todd.
3: Yeah, mine's real short. Um, (laughs) The only one I recall ever seeing, like I know the references to like Spirited Away and My Neighbor Mm -hmm. Totoro, um, but the only one I can recall ever actually watching is Kiki's Delivery Service, which looks as though that came out in 1989, which is wild. I would have never guessed that that was like late 80s.
1: I have watched My Neighbor Totoro and Ponyo, Um, Ponyo mostly in bits and pieces while working at a movie theater when it came out in the States in uh, 2008. Um, I am familiar with some of the other ones. I want to say, like, I've watched bits and pieces of Howl's Moving Castle on Disney Channel over the years mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but um, those two are the big ones that I am familiar with.
0: Uh, I have seen nothing. Absolutely okay. nothing. Um, i right. definitely familiar with a lot of them uh i had a roommate who was super into studio ghibli 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 studio ghibli um yeah. giblets st- man studio giblets, giblets. Ghibli. Um, yeah yeah so <laughs> <Studio Gimli. laughs> the one that i guess i'm the most familiar with is kiki's delivery service because i remember seeing commercials and stuff for that at the top of other disney vhs tapes but that's okay. that's all i got
2: yeah that tracks okay cool um so fun fact, actually, before we get into it, so Nausicaa, um, Nausicaa, obviously, all of these movies, incredibly influential, right? We talked a lot about Evangelion being, like, you know, kind of this, like, th- through line to a lot of the modern anime. Funny story, um, uh, Hidetaki, or Hideaki Ano, excuse me, I'm going to butcher a lot of names, I'm so sorry, um, Hideki Ano was actually one of the animators who worked on Nausicaa, who would later go on to create Neon Genesis Evangelion.
0: Oh, wild.
2: Hmm. Yeah, the, the
0: exactly one anime that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
2: yep, yep. Okay, so um, let's talk about Studio Ghibli. So following Nausicaa, this was, again, 1985 at this point, Miyazaki and Takahata um, pulled in Tokuma, Tokuma Shoten founder Yasuyoshi Tokuma, and editing in one of their one of their go-to editors, uh, Toshio Toshio Suzuki. I'm so sorry, I'm gonna butcher these. I here. think it's <laughs> so Suzuki, got, like
1: the like the company.
2: Like, um, I have heard, I have watched some anime, and usually when I see that name, I hear it pronounced Suzuki. All right, never but, mind. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna push my glasses up at you because I honestly don't know. Yeah,
0: you just started that sentence with "I have watched some anime." I've watched some anime. I have watched Let me push
2: some anime. Glasses. Not a lot. Not a little. Some. Every time,
1: every time Andrew cor- corrects us, listeners just know a glint yeah. flashes ac- across his
4: glasses. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Every so
2: yeah, you, any pronunciations you can leave in the comments that will not exist. Thank you very much. Um, all right, so we've got the the four pillars of Studio Ghibli. Um, so 1986, Miyazaki then went on to direct the studio's first official film, Castle in the Sky, or the Japanese translation is Laputa: colon, Castle in the Sky. He then followed that up two years later, 1988, with the iconic My Neighbor Totoro from which the titular character ding uh, became the studio's mascot and totoro is the the big old tan weasel that everybody has seen in somebody's aim signature at some
3: point <laughs> yeah he is it. he it they are um <laughs> yeah. studio studio ghibli's big the
1: cat yes, yes. yep yes made to become plushies <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah oh yeah they, exactly mean, to- totoro is is mickey mouse and and the, yeah. the compa- comparisons to disney will not stop here <laughs> there's <laughs> there are a lot of them um Takahata, who we talked about on the other hand released his most famous film alongside my neighbor totoro grave of the fireflies now i know kyle knows a little bit about grave of the fireflies but i don't know if the other two do um so interestingly enough these two movies actually released in japan on the same bill like a double feature,
4: whoa! <laughs> yeah, it was a real
2: Mario Duck Hunt situation, and so so imagine so. Grave of the Fireflies, fantastic movie. We're going to talk about it. Um, it but but it's very different than My Neighbor Totoro. So audiences who went to see these uh, saw in the same day a lighthearted tale about a mystical weasel god and then immediately a semi-autobiographical not a short story about orphans in 1945 war-torn japan (laughs) oh
1: Oh my god wow (laughs) i'll interject and just say my my knowledge of grave of the fireflies is that it is the consistently in the eight years i've been on reddit the number one answer to every single like what movie have you watched that left you feeling hollow and dead inside? And (laughs) it's like, it's consistently the first, the number one response to that question.
2: (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a very good movie and I think it is absolutely worth watching and we'll, we'll get there. To make the Um, Overwatch
0: reference that we can't do this podcast without box checking that, uh, to quote Mm -hmm. Torbjorn, you got to build them up and then break them down.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly. So, yeah, so definitely like as comedy and as tragedy as it can get, right? So we'll fast forward a little bit. 1997, the studio, uh, we, you know, there's obviously a few more movies after that. Um, The next major release was 1997, the studio released Princess Mononoke. Um, which you probably have heard of or some people have heard mm-hmm. of. This, is a, this was a big one. Um, it, it, it was awarded Best Picture in Japan, the Japan equivalent of the Academy Awards. Um, Miramax in the U.S. actually bought the rights to distribute in North America. So this was the very first kind of inclination where they were going to start getting some, some global recognition. That dub is very bad We'll <laughs> talk about it, but it's worth, it's worth watching. Um, and, and Princess Mononoke is an excellent movie. It's just the dub is very bad. Um, meanwhile, Disney acquired the rights, basically started a partnership with Studio Ghibli. Outside of the Miramax deal for the theatrical release, Disney partnered with Studio Ghibli to be the distributor among the U.S. So start, so, 19, so this kind of happened alongside Princess Mononoke. Um, so starting in 1997, Disney starts to kind of figure out a strategy to, to release these older movies to U.S. audiences. And a lot of them start to get um, theatrical releases, and mostly Miyazaki ones because those are, the, those are the bigger ones. And what's interesting, so if you go on to, so the English dubs today are, so like Todd, probably your experience in watching Kiki's Delivery Service, you watched a a, a 1989 movie voiced by Kirsten Dunst, who was definitely not, definitely five at the time right yeah for
4: sure yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so disney went back and brought in these like huge hollywood names to do these english dubs for the theatrical releases cuz again remember guys this is 1997 like anime was not really still like not really a thing like outside of maybe like dragon ball z maybe like outside not even dragon ball z outside of like maybe seeing some like saturday morning cartoons the only people that watched anime were like people that had bootleg vhs i mean by
1: 1997 i want to say pokemon was on the air
2: that okay yeah that's fair dbz dbz
1: had been on the air for a little while Yeah,
2: uh, that was more like 1999
1: I mean that's when it blew up, but
2: yeah. I mean it was still a kids thing though. Is what I'm is what I'm trying to get yeah, at. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball Z was definitely a kids cartoon. Pokemon was definitely a kids cartoon. That's fair. Um, this was this it was not like the it was not considered to be the the artistic thing that it is that it is today.
1: Is it worth noting that by 1997 Disney had bought Miramax and they were under the same
2: umbrella? That makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. So that yeah, sense.
1: so so Miramax kind of operated as disney's like hmm. pg-13 and r-rated slash experimental studio
2: got it. for a while okay. that so makes that... a lot of sense thank you so that that's where i was having trouble with the timeline because that that had never tracked with me i didn't realize that so perfect okay so disney partnered with with um with the studio miramax did the theatrical release of princess mononoke because princess mononoke is their most like pg-13 movie basically. okay okay so, anyway, so you start to see now this drip feed of these English dubs for all these old 80s era Miyazaki movies, um, redubs of Totoro, Nausicaa, Castle in the Sky, Kiki, Kiki's Delivery Service, with these big name Hollywood uh, talents like Patrick Stewart, Kristen Dunst, Shia LaBeouf, um, Alison Lohman, the Fanning Sisters, uh, Anna Paquin, James Vanderbeek, some other ones we'll talk about. Um, but what really put Studio Ghibli on the global stage was 2001's Spirited Away. This is, this is the one, this is the big one. This is the one that just, just blew everything out of the water. Um, Spirited Away got Best Picture again from the, Jap- uh, the Japanese Academy Awards. And I saw a thing, it's, it's still, it was and maybe still be the highest grossing animated film in Japan. Like it's, it's insane. Dang. Um, it also won Best Animated Feature in the US Academy Awards making it the first um, anime, in this case, Japanese animated uh, feature, to have ever won an Oscar, which was big. So this is what kind of set people, like, to like, set targets on Studio Ghibli. So people started, they, they saw this thing at the Oscars and were like, what, what is this? Like, let's, 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 uh, let's check it out. So that's kind of, that fueled a lot of the interest in the Disney redubs. Um, Disney then went on to produce the later uh, theatrical releases of Miyazaki's movies. Um, we've got Howl's Moving Castle in 2004, Ponyo in 2008, um, The Wind Rises uh, in 2013, all headed by voice talents among uh, of the likes of Christian Bale, Tina Fey, Billy Crystal, Cloris Leachman, Elijah Wood, Mae Whitman, and even in Liam Neeson. So we See, got that's wild.
0: Big names. Yeah. Big yeah. Names. Bananas.
2: Yeah. Um, yep.
0: I want to real quick go back. I just couldn't pull it up fast enough. I looked to see who the other nominees were um, up against *Spirited Away* for best feature, and the ones of note are *Lilo and Stitch* and *Treasure Planet*. Were both on that list. So, oh, wow. interesting. Yeah, and I think *Lilo and Stitch* is probably the biggest Disney movie of the early two thousands. Um, yeah. So to to see that to see that scale and know that the first major japanese animated movie to come to the states beat out lilo and stitch is like
2: huge which like that's interesting because that was kind of like the end of the disney golden era a little bit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i I remember that treasure planet was the end of that yep um so yeah i mean that that kind of sets the timeline and and that's i think that's like 2000 that that era like 1999 again pokemon right pokemon was a big big factor but then we started getting in this is when we started getting in more like actual you know animated more animated features we started seeing things like cowboy bebop and evangelion and and you know this became more of a of a well-rounded industry and i mean a lot of this has to do with the, the popularity of these films since that time studio ghibli has released uh there are 22 animated films on their list with 20 of which having already been released two more still in process so they are still making movies um since opening in 1985 and interestingly enough, Miyazaki has formally announced plans to retire twice.
4: <laughs> uh, once, in,
2: <laughs> once in 2008 and again in 2013. And uh, he did in 2013 and it actually came back in 2017. And uh, since said he was going to be working on two more movies. So I want to say
1: that second, reti- and, and I might be messing the timeline up here. The second retirement announcement or when he came back was when Studio Ghibli like, made their Animation software free and available to the public as well.
4: Oh, they yeah. recently yeah, yeah, did. They right.
1: recently did that, and they were like, "We want everyone to animate." Here yeah. you go.
2: Like, they're they're mm. they're a wonderful group. Mm-hmm. Um, they for a while they were so. They I mean they their corporate bat history has been interesting too, because like I said, they were they were funded for a while by that group. Um, Tokua, uh, Toku, Tokuma Shoten, um. That group dissolved. The founder died in the mid-2000s, and uh, that partnership dissolved. And eventually, I mean, they had enough money. They just went independent. Um, and they've, for a long time, we're not going to get too much into the streaming stuff, but for a long time, you know, Disney owned the rights, and we're doing the theatric releases and the VHSs, but you really, that was the only way to really get access to these movies in, in the last, like, year or so. Um, historically, they've been pretty hard to play ball with in the U.S., but it, in the last year or so. Now we're seeing just like yeah it's all on HBO screw it <laughs> and they're you know they're releasing all of their stuff like they just released a bunch of images like promotional artwork and stuff for free um it's really interesting they they put a lot of money and effort into the Studio Ghibli Museum that's out um, out in Japan which uh, we were going to visit uh, in our trip this <laughs> year had we had we yeah. gone but but it's actually good because now I can go and actually have the context because I, until a month ago was, or two months ago, was like, Matt, I had not seen, not seen any of this stuff. So, um, this was, I went from, from zero to, uh, to where I am now pretty quick. Um, okay. So this one, this, this, this is going to be a little different than a lot of our other flavor texts. I'm not going to bore you and go line by line to all the movies because that would take a thousand years and that's not, doesn't really do it justice. I honestly believe that these movies all are worth watching um, unlike Kingdom Hearts, this is not me telling you the plot so you don't have to play it. This is me saying, Hey, I'm gonna give you the scenario because I want you to go watch at least eight of these ten movies. We'll go
1: you'll get the we'll get the setup and the pitch, but yeah, I th- yep. I feel like they're not they're yep. not an overarching story. There's no point in like no in spoiling every single one of these movies kind of thing. Absolutely not.
2: Yeah. So uh, I also I'll cover, you know, Mizaki has his own style, right? He's he's very all of these, all of these stories are independent, but there's a lot of um, recurring themes, and there's a lot of similarities that these movies have, and there's things that people love uh, that that consistently happen in these movies. Um, *Nausicaa*, I, I mentioned earlier, was was praised for its portrayal of a strong female protagonist, um, and that's that's something that you're going to see in just about all of these. Um, every female protagonist is a is a well written character, and almost every Fe- almost every protagonist is female. Um, in in some and with some exceptions, women very rarely need to be saved. They oftentimes do the saving in these movies. Um, also, should be it again, knowing the timeline, this is in the eighties and the nineties, a time when women were not often depicted proportionally um, in in much animated media. I e, Dragon Ball, for example. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's
3: a kind way yeah. to say mm-hmm. that.
2: I mentioned earlier too environmentalism, um, the idea of respecting the world around us, um, that everything is alive. There are spirits in the air, in the trees, in the water. Um, This is these you know it's very very Eastern culture kinds of things. Something that you would expect to see from a JRPG or something like that. Um, None of these are inherently religious, but you can if you know anything about Shintoism, there's a lot of those roots in there um you know shintoism is a is a polytheistic religion again the idea that like uh, there we must respect the world around us we must live in harmony with with the spirits and and the kami um for that in that world there and the 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 biggest through line here is there is a nostalgia to uh, his depiction of the japanese countryside Every single movie involves the country in some fashion.
3: Got it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in, like in what way, like there's a cut scene of them driving through the country kind of it's, thing. It's,
2: it's, it's very, I mean, every, usually the set, either the setting is in the country or you have the protagonist is from like a rural, a small village. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's very, every, the country is represented as being very idealistic. Um, you know, like people doing things, washing their clothes by hand and, and gotcha. farming and stuff. So it's like very, you know, just that very like earthy conservative approach um, to life, you know, not like low technology kind of thing. Um, a couple other things that I think I get pulled through a lot in, in some of the movies, not all of them. Um, there's not, you know, you, you compare this again, compare this to a Disney or even a Pixar movie. A lot of Disney movies, it's, it's very black and white, good versus evil. There's a bad guy. There's a good guy. We got we to, gotta, you know, they, they represent one thing. The other represents the other. We don't see a lot of that in these movies. Um, sometimes there may be a legitimate villain, but maybe they're just misguided. Maybe they're just selfish. They're not outright evil, right? We're we're not dealing with like maleficent
1: here. Definitely more of a, an antagonist than a villain
2: yep, in these stories. Yep, it's, I kept coming back to Inside Out, which I think is like uh, you know, the like the quintessential Pixar movie, which is like the conflict is within, not not external, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I think
2: I think if you're going to make those comparisons, the the and what makes Pixar like so much more generation spanning is the fact that those stories are so um, applicable to everybody. Like they are they are legitimately all ages. That's that's the that's the vibe with a lot of these films, too, with some minor exceptions. Kiki's Delivery Service being one. I did not love Kiki's Delivery Service.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you that like 12 year old Todd thought it slapped. So, yeah,
2: exactly. So like that would be like your Disney kind of movie. Mm -hmm. anyway. And sometimes there is no plot and the plot is just that the big weasel is super fucking cute. And we're all going to ride on a flying cat bus and just shut up and love it.
3: Yeah. Um, so listeners, Andrew had sent us a clip beforehand that we needed to watch and I was meaning to bring up the cat bus.
2: Oh, um, the cat bus slaps. The cat why, bus is
3: iconic. I knew about
1: the cat yeah. bus before I knew about Totoro.
3: Why, why is,
2: God, why the cat is bus. cat
3: bus? God, we'll I get love to the it. Bus. Okay.
2: Um one one other thing that I I really enjoyed in, in these movies is Miyazaki seems to love old women. Like not like in a weird way, just like every old woman is like built like a fucking Lord of the Rings dwarf, like a square. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but but every old woman in these movies is unequivocally awesome. Like there is an old woman wizard, an old woman sky pirate, an old woman who climbs a mountain like like, old women are awesome in this world.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's a very just, like, Japanese, yeah, you know, Japanese idea of, like, respecting y- your yeah. elders. And then a, a post-World War II Japan may not have as many old men as old yeah. women.
2: Yeah. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, let's get into it. So, like I said, I'm just gonna go through the setup, and then I've s- I've uh, I've created a few, a few little mini games here for each of the movies. Um, one I've called the uh, the the whimsometer. How whimsy is it? How whimsical is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then on a now, scale from what to what, Andrew? One just one to ten. So uh, okay. I've trademarked it as the whimsometer. <laughs> what, yes, is, what is what is one a one and a ten on on Andrew's uh, z- one. One, well, we'll get there. Um, zero, a zero in the whimsometer is Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> um, and then uh, we're going to play a little game called Sub or Dub, which is where I tell you, should, should you watch the sub or the dub based on the talent, the voice acting talent that I saw. Because I also, on HBO Max, I will only watch the dubs uh, because of all of the big name uh, people. I just I felt like that was something I had to, had to experience.
3: See, I would only watch the dubs because I'm lazy, and I don't well, want to read that my and movie. I was,
2: and in 60s movies, I was doing other things while I was watching, because yeah. I cannot just sit and watch a movie, because I'm 32. Um, all right, you, wanna, you guys want to get into it?
1: Yeah, let's, let's get it. into it.
2: All right, let's start with Nasca of the Valley of the Wind. This was number, number one, um, directed and released in 1984. Um, so the premise is, the world as we know it has ended. Most of the world is covered in poisonous gas. Uh, there are only a few scattered colonies of humans left. Um, I put a picture in here, and we'll, we'll do the usual um, little mini image gallery. Uh, the first picture I put in here is just the opening scene in the Sea of Decay, which is like metal as hell. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, I just wanted to give you guys an, in, like an impression of the art style, because again, this is 1984. Everything here is hand-drawn. And, and you'll hear me say this, like the comparisons to Disney are very overt. This is very much akin to like looking at a panel from the Lion King or, or Aladdin, right? Like these are just Im- incredible works of, of handiwork and it probably took, you know, months and months and months of, of hard labor to create this, but they, this poke, the post-apocalyptic setting that they, they created enabled the team to to do some really cool sets. Um, like you see here, it's this kind of like, this, this is actually a jungle, but it's all in this bluish hue. And there's these like very alien plants and, All these massive bugs that are flying around—it just—it looks like they're on another planet. It's—it's really cool. Um, Nausicaa, our main character, is the princess of the Valley of the Wind, uh, which is a mostly pacifist, low-tech society of very little means. Um, obviously analog to like a native population, indigenous population. All the trappings of a small anime town, right? Mostly agricultural, located remotely. Um. They've got the one village elder that prophesizes the Chosen One, who also happens to eventually be our protagonist that we find at the end. But I think my favorite thing about this movie is just Nausicaä as a character. She freaking rules. Um, she's smart. She's, she's a fighter, but she only fights if she has to. She's a leader. She leads her people, and everyone loves her. Um, she spends all of her time trying to find a solution to fix the poison gas. And she's, like, and the first scene is her going in and, like, investigating in the jungle and, like, taking samples and trying to, like, and bringing back, like, uh, you know, like, uh, salvage, right, basically for her people. She's just a really cool character. Um, but she also, she's very empathetic. And the, the, show, the movie sets it up right away where she can kind of commune with um, these otherworldly creatures that live in the poisonous jungle. The, uh, the poison jungle is, is infested with these, like, massive bug gods they call Ohms they're like these huge beetles the size of tanks oh uh they're they're pretty they're pretty rad <laughs> i'm sad you didn't put a picture
0: of
1: these into the uh into the dock.
0: i had
2: five minutes i had five minutes matt <laughs> okay cool sure
1: <laughs> how do you um, spell ohms
2: uh ohms okay so one day uh so nazca is you know we kind of they set up the, this this world and this situation um an airship Uh, one day approaches the village and crash lands right outside. So we see a couple things. We see that this world has technology, but this particular village has opted not to participate in it. Nausicaa goes to find the the crash landed ship, tries to save the female pilot, but unfortunately the girl dies as soon as Nausicaa reaches her. Um, Soon after that, the neighboring city of Tolmekia invades, and they just completely... Steamroll the town, because, again, this is a, this is a militarized city-state uh, going against a bunch of farmers with pitchforks. Nasca is able to escape with the help of the, the village swordsman, voiced by Patrick Stewart, which nice. is awesome. Cool. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and she sets out for Tomekia to attempt to get a treaty, uh, set up a treaty going, some sort of agreement. Um, however, on the way, she's attacked by another neighboring city, Pejite. Pejite? Pejite. She's able to, she evades the attack. And, but this is what, this is like Nausicaa's a character, right? She gets attacked by this pageite ship. The pageite ship goes down and she goes to rescue the downed pilot, who is voiced mm-hmm. by Shia LaBeouf. The actual actual cannibal, cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> um, who voices Nausicaa? Allison Lohman, who hasn't done a lot of things recently, um, but she was, she did a couple big movies in like early 2000s. Um, she did a horror movie called Drag Me to Hell or Pull Me to uh, Hell or oh something. Oh, yeah I, yeah. I know
0: Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. I hate that that's where I get to know this girl from, but okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she also did She did a movie with Nick Cage uh, where she was his daughter. I think that was her. Take um, him. I might be. Nope. Well, Nick Cage wasn't uh, in that <laughs> movie. <laughs> Nick, C- Nick Cage was a con man. I forget. Oh, I was that. thinking Liam Neeson. Oh, same um, thing.
1: yeah. Matchstick Men.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that's her. I'm
2: pretty sure that's her. Oh
0: God, that movie is so bad. What if
3: Nicolas (laughs) Cage was Liam Neeson in Taken though? Now that I've said it, I want to think about
1: it. That's not what we're doing today, Todd. No.
2: Anyway, Nausicaa and Shia LaBeouf, uh, they kind of come to come to terms, and they discover they kind of they end up in like the depths of the poison jungle, um, under the jungle like under the poison fog, and kind of find like the roots of the like the source of the poison. Um, so the two of them set out to try to basically like try to prevent a war between the three city states, and uh, and also trying to prevent these these tank sized beetles from wiping out an entire city because that's what they do. Yikes! Yeah, it's really cool. I I I really like this movie. This was definitely in my top three. This is a, an interesting take on the apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, trope genre um what what they they really do is going to to really drive home the environmentalism approach um the 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 overall theme here is war is bad nature is good um these these massive city destroying bugs are gods they're angry gods and uh we should try to learn live to live with them and you know live in harmony versus trying to shoot each other and kill each other thus Um, setting a trope that will be
1: in anime forever and ever
2: Yeah. My uh my so I'm I put this as a three out of ten on the whimsometer. Um, it's got a little bit (laughs) it's got a little bit of whimsy in the in the ohms and the bug gods and the settings, but generally this is pretty grounded. Little bit of whimsy, a lot of bit of war. Yeah, a lot of bit of war. I was actually I was thinking about doing like a scatter plot for each of these and like (laughs) the 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 x-axis being whimsy and the y-axis being like war basically. Oh
0: my God. Good.
2: Because, like, on one end is my neighbor Totoro, and the other end is Grave of the Firefly. So, everything is in between. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, sub or dub? I'm going to give this a dub. And the reason why Patrick Stewart and actual glider pilot Shia LaBeouf.
1: Well done. Good. Nice. Nice Mm -hmm. poll.
2: Okay. So, next movie we've got is Castle in the Sky, or the original title is Laputa Castle in the Sky. So this was again. This was the first official Studio Ghibli movie. Um, we open on a flying airship. The flying airship is being attacked by a band of sky pirates led by a badass old lady. She and I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, yes,
1: <laughs> give me this. Perfect. I'm in. Um, Andrew set down his phone and he's on board.
2: This is this was one I did not do anything while watching. Um, so I cut. So we cut to a young girl um, who is being cornered by the thieves. She's in like a. So the, the, the setting, it's, it looks very like 1950s, 1960s. She's with a, um, a, an indistinguished man. He's just got like a... Like, looks, we assume that she's her, that he's her dad. Um, she hits him with a bottle and escapes from him, so he's clearly not her dad. Um, so she, she jumps out the window and is like hanging on a ledge, and the pirates catch up to her, and she uh, ultimately falls out of the sky um, to her death. Oh. Except she doesn't die. Okay. Except she doesn't die because this is a kid's movie and it's okay. Um, when, before she jumped out of the window, we see her, uh, she smashes a bottle over the man's head who she was with and reaches into his bag and grabs this rock. Um, and it looks like it's a little pendant. She ties it around her neck and she jumps out the window. And what happens is as she falls, she uh, the pendant glows up and she slowly floats down to the surface. So she's totally safe on the pendant. Um, the pendant is kind of—it's like magic. Yeah, 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 whatever. All right, sure, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll, roll credits. Yep. Um. Uh, so we cut to a young mechanic uh, named Pazu, um, who is like working in this big, like, clock tower foundry kind of thing. Um. He's just pulling gears, like just pulling cranks and turning gears. Generic factory. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh. And he finds he finds the young girl who is passed out. Um. He wakes her up. The girl introduces herself as Shita, um, and you guessed it, can't remember anything more than that.
3: Ah, Mm. classic.
2: Mm -hmm. Classic. Um, Pazu and Shita become fast friends um, and companions as Pazu helps Shita uh, escape from her pursuers, which is the awesome Sky Pirates and also now government suits. So she's got two (laughs) factions after her. Good. Um, Pazu, of course, is an orphan because, of course, he is. Um, he tells Sheeta his father uh, was a pilot who spent several years searching for the flying city of Laputa um, that was abandoned uh, mysteriously 700 years ago. So, you know, like the lost city of Atlantis. Um, <clears throat> now, Pazu's father believed he had found it. And Pazu shows her like a picture that's mostly covered in clouds, but there's like a little corner of, of, of like rock that looks like a castle. The castle in the sky. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. But Pazu's, But no one believed Pazu's father, and he died. Uh, with people. The only person having believed him is his son. So Pazu wants to fix his. Uh. You know, clean his, clean his father's name, and Sheeta is just trying to trying to stay safe. Well, they they later then find out Sheeta's dependent is. Hey, it's magical because of course it is.
3: Yeah, um, right. But
2: it's made, of, it's made of this material called Ethereum Crystal, which is a type of magical stone that's long gone, um, but is known to have been the source of power for Laputa. I think you know where this is going. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Shida I'm agrees. Lost. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> lost. Hang, hang on. I think in yeah. about two more bullet points, it's going to lock in. Yeah.
0: What, did, what did we say last week? Specific lock for a specific key or a specific key for yep. a
2: specific yep. lock? Yep. Exactly, um, Shida agrees to help Pazu find the lost city and uh, un- untangle the tangled web that is her her mysterious history. Um, also, while all all the while on the run from sky pirates and the government, this movie is really cool. It's fun. This is a high flying adventure. It's 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 your animated. It's your Indiana Jones or National Treasure is what I put here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's just it's just good fun. Like it's it's not a super complicated plot. Um, but but again, it, it's very cool in, in in that Nausicaa had a lot of really fun, really interesting settings. Um, once they get to Laputa, because of course they get to Laputa, um, I there was a lot of uh, a lot of vibes. Like I, I, I thought of I immediately thought of Chrono Trigger um, when they when they visit the floating city in Chrono Trigger, or um, the if you guys played Twilight Princess, the last like the Sky Temple in Twilight Princess. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, very much reminded me of that um it's really fun I, I i like this one a lot obviously a, not not super heavy on a lot of the environmental themes but there's there's definitely that there um there is this this one is one of the few that has like a a general villain like it's this is the most one of the more like disney side of things where it's like mark hamill is the bad guy and wants to have wants to, to take Laputa all all for himself
1: yeah um, yeah so
2: yeah pretty very fun um I'm giving this a six on the whimsometer. <laughs> uh, it's got it's got a, a medium level of whimsy, and that there's magic, <laughs> there's flying, uh, there's flying things. Um, the pirates be c- come, come back and are really fun side characters, which I won't I won't ruin that. So yeah, pretty much uh, all, in, all in all, very very fun. Um, to answer the question, sub or dub? Let me talk about the yeah. dub. Uh, so. The voice of Sheeta is Anna Paquin, who you may remember as Rogue or as uh, the oh, main character yeah. in True Blood. Yeah. Yep.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know what her <laughs> accent is.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's it's pretty consistent weird. with her with her role nope. in X Men as well.
2: Sounds like <laughs> Anna Paquin. Sure what that it definitely was. sounds like the person who was in True Blood <laughs> is doing yeah. the voice of this character. Um. Also, James Vanderbeek is the voice of uh, Pazu. And uh, it's like it's like Dawson's Creek era, James Vanderbeek. So he he's very breathy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like how I would describe him. Um uh, but I mentioned earlier, Mark Hamill uh, makes a play as the sinister G-Man, basically, um, who's like trying to get all the power, and he's just chef's kiss. Like, oh,
1: uh, just Mark Hamill. Can Mark, Mark deliver Hamill. a bad performance? I don't <laughs> think Mark
2: Hamill's voice talents make this a dub in my book. Also, motherfucking Pete from Goof <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he what? He showed up. The, the voice, the voice of, the not voice the of character. Pete, no, the voice. Okay. The voice.
1: That is definitely a case where. Like he had a he had a years long contract with Disney yep. from Goof Troop, yep. and they're like, uh, "Oh, we got this movie. That'll be one, that'll check off one of the boxes in your contract."
2: <laughs> there are there. I think I found almost all of the hidden Mickey's in each one of these on each one of these, and I'm gonna point them out because that's definitely one of them.
3: Well, they were gonna use him for the next Kingdom Hearts 2.5 <laughs> Birth by Mega Sleep mix. Redux, and then they mix. canceled Two that. And a quarter. that... They yeah. canceled that game, and they're like, "Oh shit, we still got one more box to check on his contract. We got him yep. good here."
1: Yep. Um, I th- I think I'm just gonna call out every reference to other nerd media I find in that like goes back to reference these. Ethereum is a magical ma- uh, metal in the Magic: The Gathering series. That's all.
2: Oh, nice. That's cool. yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, th- this is kind of like me watching these movies was kind of like playing D&D for the first time and realizing all of the video games that I've ever played were based on this medium. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Like every JRPG has taken taken uh, some sort of notes from from some of these movies. Guarantee it.
1: I'm wondering if this is the thing that established the trope of like Scott airships and sky pi- and
2: Slang City. Oh yeah. I think it well cuz Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy had an airship and that was 1988. Okay. Yeah. So it's very possible that it, ha- it was influential i would admit, I, I mean I, i'm sure i
1: wouldn't be surprised i'm sure it's influential i'm wondering more if if it's the first or if it yeah if there's some something more obscure that gets to claim that but this is definitely this know. is definitely the thing that launched it i'm sure because yeah yep 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 sky pirates are um, awesome
2: yeah. yeah sky pirates are awesome and old women sky pirates are even awesome <laughs> um okay my neighbor totoro Uh, number three released directed by Hayao Miyazaki released in 1988 this movie is great I mean come on like this movie (laughs) fucking rules um so this was a a little bit this is kind of this is the origins of this flavor text so um so my my friend Nicole was over she uh she lives in New York she came down and hung out with us for a couple days um over earlier in the summer and uh we were just kind of like in the house hanging out one night and she's like we need to watch this movie. And I had never seen any of these movies. I like, had heard of them and I knew about Totoro and I, I knew the character, whatever. I, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, I'm open. And it was just like it hit me in a particularly like bad day. Like I had a really bad day at work and I was just very, very sad. And I was sitting there and I was just like crying. I was like,
4: I love this so much. <laughs> like
2: it just made me so happy. And that's and that's what this is. This is just pure unadulterated delight. Like there's, there's nothing like it's ice cream. Like there's nothing that bad that happens. There's no conflict. It's just cute as shit.
1: Yeah. Like That's it, man. That is very similar to how I was presented the movie. It was just like, Hey, have you ever seen anything from this studio? No. Great. We're going to go watch my neighbor Totoro in a dark dorm room. And you're going to feel like, and you're going to forget about college for an hour and a half. And, and I did. And it was great.
2: I think if you're gonna start watching movies, either start with this one or How's Moving Castle. Yeah, those are the two that I would suggest starting with. Yeah. So premise is uh, there's not a big plot. It's uh, so two young girls and their father are moving to a new house in the country. There it is. Cool. Um, they they kind of they start exploring the house. It's very old. It's got you know a lot of character. Yada yada yada. Um, we learn that mom is sick. Um, she's in the hospital, so she's not with them. Dad works as a professor, but he only goes in like once a week or something. Doesn't matter. Sure. Um, the girls are exploring the house. It's super cute. Um, they find they go in the attic and they find these little black dust sprites that look like the spinies from Kirby games. They've got big, big, like googly eyes, um, and they're and they're just kind of like all over. And uh, they're like very friendly, but they they're kind of afraid of the girls. And they eventually leave. And some old woman who doesn't matter shows up and says explains that they're spirits and. It's trying to set up that there are tons of spirits in this world, and they're everywhere. And if you, if you let them into your heart, yada, 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 they'll open themselves, whatever. So be nice to, be nice to nature, guys. That's, that's all it is. Cool. So we then, so the two girls, the older girl is like, I don't know, like 9 or 10. The younger one's like maybe 6. Um, so she's, she's pretty young. Uh, the younger of the two sisters uh, encounters this small kind of like rodent-like creature um, with big old rabbit ears. Uh, the creature leads her to this like massive forest in, and in the middle of which has this like huge tree, like impossibly huge tree, uh, with a large opening cut inside. Um, she goes inside and sees an an even more impossible, like clearing basically inside the tree. So it's very clear. Like this is not, this is, this is impossible.
1: It's like a TARDIS Um, situation, right? Like it is a TARDIS. Yes. Bigger on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
2: forest TARDIS. Um, in the middle of the forest, Tardis is a massive creature, massive tan creature who is just so dumpy and cute. Um, <laughs> who is who we later is revealed as Totoro. Um, so they she like tries. He's just sleeping and he's like a big like big nice grizzly bear. Um, she falls asleep on Totoro's belly and <laughs> cute as shit. Um, and then uh, she wakes up in the grass near their house um no one can find this massive tree none of the the none of the older sister and the dad don't believe her they think she was just dreaming um until Totoro appears again later on this time at night um outside helping and he helps the girls plant some trees out back which is the reference of the Bob's Burgers clip yeah. that we will we'll link to <laughs> Got that. um and they just they they do a big dance and uh Totoro uh, turns these little plants into this massive, like, Jack and the Beanstalk tree. And they all just kind of like, hang out and drink juice on top of the tree. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. I love it. Um, and then, uh, okay, so then other stuff happens. It doesn't really matter. Um, the, the girls, so the, the most iconic scene is the girls are waiting for their dad at a bus stop. And this is like the most conflict that comes out is like the, girl, like, the girl's dad is a little bit late totoro appears once more but he just like he just shows up like it's just like the the camera flashes he's just standing next to the older sister and he's got a little leaf it's raining he's got a little leaf on his head his big dumpy head (laughs) and uh the the youngest girl's like give him an umbrella so they give him an umbrella and then he gets all happy and uh just loves um, loves the umbrella yeah it's just it's just it's just pure love it's just like oh god um And uh, my notes literally says, they cover him with an umbrella, and fuck me, this is so adorable, I want to die. (laughs) Um, Totoro calls on a magic cat bus. (laughs) So
3: weird.
4: (laughs) It just
2: kind of, like, hovers in. It's got a big Cheshire cat face. It's got legs and hairy, like, big, fluffy cat fur but it's a bus. (laughs) I just, I googled
0: cat bus and there it is. (laughs) There's no,
3: there's no explanation.
2: No, it doesn't matter. And then Totoro just kind of like hobbles or like waddles inside. And my favorite part, my favorite part is the door makes a (laughs) sound. Wild. (laughs) Oh, this is a good movie. I mean, it's again, like this is, I think this is like the perfect sick movie. Like Mm -hmm. if you're just, if you're not feeling, if you're feeling crappy, if you had a bad day, this is like, I don't want to. I don't want to actually focus on anything. I just want to. I just want to feel good. It's it's
1: very atmospheric. It's yeah. It's I am sure there's a better word for it that you learn in film school or whatever. But it's that very yeah. like that very Japanese like nothing happens plot. Yeah. But but you you can't help but enjoy it because it's so fun. My understanding of it is these are all like to, Totoro, the Cat Bus, the know the tree the bigger on the inside tree and and the everything is all kind of pulled from shinto acid
3: dream oh no um
1: (laughs) the like the japanese religion of shinto where like the belief is just everything has a spirit and like and yeah that's what these are like totoro is the spirit of something he's the
2: he's the force spirit yeah that exactly kyle yes that i i uh, that is definitely. I mentioned the show, the um, Shinto connection earlier. This is probably the the closest one to yeah. that. Yeah. Um. That yeah. Everything is alive. Everything and and the girls are uh. You know they're innocent. They're yeah. They can they can see this stuff because they're they have the innocence of children. You know yada yada yada. Yep. It's it's great. It's it's Silly a lot rabbit. of fun.
0: Tricks are for kids.
2: Yeah. It, no one. Nothing bad happens. Everyone. Everyone's just happy all the time. Um. It's cute crap. <laughs> Grave of the fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
1: you, we didn't. We, did we do the oh, whimsometer?
2: Oh, we didn't. Uh. We didn't do the whimsometer. I'm giving this an eight point five out of ten on the whimsometer, and that's only because Spirited Away is a higher rank. We'll talk oh. about it.
1: And then sub or Dub.
2: So this one's tough because I do. I do really like Ellen Dakota Fanning. Are, are they're still they're pretty young at this point. This was I think this dub is actually two thousand five maybe. Um, but they they're still very excellent voice talent. Um, it's the right amount of cute. Legendary, this is interesting, legendary voice actor Frank Welker, a.k.a. Megatron, <laughs> is the voice of Totoro. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I will say, though, to Kyle's earlier point, there's a lot of, this is mostly a nonverbal movie. It's a lot of, like, grunts and smiles and and just visual treatment, so either is fine. I think the sub, like, whatever, whatever you're into is fine. Um, you're probably not going to be intensely watching this movie, so, like, have it on have the dub on and have your phone have your phone up. Like it's probably fine. Got it.
1: And and we'll put yep. this realistic cat bus in the show notes <laughs> no, as well. Not. Whoever whoever found that's, this monstrosity.
0: That, that one was me. I just I uh, Google image search cat yeah. bus and I like I was just scrolling. I was like, wow, cat yeah. bus. Cat bus oh,
4: oh cat bus.
2: <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um okay, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh oof. This movie. <laughs> Um, directed by iso takahata also released 1988 remember this was released alongside my neighbor totoro um look like i'm gonna be honest i think this movie is very very good i i do i honestly do i i like this this is like top four i thoroughly enjoyed it i had my eyes glued the entire time like it's very it's a very good movie but it is hard to watch <laughs> It's really hard to watch, um, and you need to know what you're getting into before you watch it. So if you're going to watch it, that's fine. Watch Totoro or Ponyo afterward, please.
3: (laughs) A nice palate cleanser.
2: Yeah. I watched X-Men Apocalypse after this, which was not better. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That was not the palate cleanser that I needed. Mm -mm. That is
0: a not better, just different situation.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Um okay so what is what is the movie it's based on uh, like I said it's it was originally a short story a semi-autobiographical recount of the bombing of um Kobe in 1945 wow yeah yep um now unlike most war dramas it has nothing to do with fighting soldiers battles it has everything to do with the civilians and that's why this is such a unique movie but here's like look like this movie is 30 years old um this is still like roger ebert went on record to say this is one of the most powerful anti-war movies ever made wow Hmm. holy
0: shit and i mean that's like
2: among this is counted among like schindler's list Mm -hmm. as like god damn war movies yeah i mean that's what like you need to watch this movie like i I honest to god believe that everybody should watch this
1: i've also seen it included in in lists of like Movies you should definitely watch like you'll, you'll think it's the one of the best movies you've ever seen and then never want to mm-hmm. watch it again. Like it's yes. been included in yes. those oh, lists wow. as well.
2: Yes. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. lootly.: Okay. So with the, the movie follows, um, like 13 year old Seta and his younger, his younger sister Setsuko, um, as they are trying to survive after their village is bombed during the final months of world war two. um, so right off the bat, boom, first scene. The very first scene is Seta sitting in a subway station, dying of starvation. Whoa. And he Holy breathes his he, he's He shit. Like, he, he, like, gutturally says his sister's name and dies. And oh. uh, a train conductor comes by and says, like, it's, like, um, freaking bums. Like, there's thousands of them. And, there, and it's just, like, it's littered with corpses. There's just, like, a ton of, of it's like, corpses.
0: All three of us that aren't Andrew have the exact same face on yeah. right now, and it is <laughs> yeah. wide eyes and mouth. Some sort
2: of a game. It's fucking brutal. Um, then we we Tarantino and show we show you how we got there. So we see <laughs> record scratch. Yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's
4: me. <laughs> oh. Yikes.
2: Remember, this was aired during Tortoro at the same time. You
1: watched one and then you watched the other back to back with a fifteen minute intermission to get more popcorn.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um fuck. I fuck. Um okay, so we we go back to several months before. Um and Setsuko are living with their mother in this small village in the country. Say it with me. (laughs) It's idyllic. (laughs) Got it. Um, They are so their mother leaves. So they they hear like air raid sirens. Their mother leaves to go to the bomb shelter. Seta, for some reason, Seta and Setsuko are separated from their mother, and you see like they actually show like the bombs coming down. Now in in the in the animation, they almost look like logs that are just like on fire. So they don't, there's no explosions. Mm. Um, but it's just like it, they're basically it's like um like almost like napalm essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's the that's the aesthetic anyway and they show like seta literally like running from flames like it's 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 pretty graphic they seta and Setsuko are fine um you see him the first scene is him burying like a like a tin of like food and keepsakes and stuff so like they knew this was coming right they were prepared for this yeah um and uh, they are cuz again it's in the middle of the war like this has been happening mm-hmm. um so they make it to the bomb shelter unfortunately mom's not there um mom's dead and and they don't reveal this until a little bit but it's it's pretty clear that mom mom never made it well mom made it um mom has severe burns like she's got bandages like she she's completely wrapped head to toe in bandages and uh so seita knows this but never tells his little sister because like what four-year-old can you know can deal with that yeah yeah. exactly so seita and Setsuko are orphaned um their dad is in the navy but and, and you, they say this a couple times where they say, and this is where I think there, there are, there are, ob, there are overt, overt themes and less overt themes in this movie. And this is one of them. This is one of the less ones. Three times people tell Seta, hey, you should tell your dad. And he goes, I don't know how to contact him. And then no one says anything. They're just like, oh, that's weird. Um, because de- his dad is in the Navy and it's 1945. And he's like, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> So he, he, has, he has no way to, to get a hold of them. So they seek refuge with an ant who lives in a distant town nearby. Now, they, they move in with the ant. At first, the ant is super happy to have them. Um, they're all eating dinner. They're like, you know, whatever. They have their own little room. Um, but as time goes on, this is where we see the, the kind of long-term effect that this war has on the citizenry because food is getting scarce, right? Um, they keep talking about rations and everyone's getting food rationed um people can't work because they're because their places are getting bombed um at one point she tells sata she starts to get a little like you see it slowly happen but af- but after like it's like a light switch where she starts to kind of resent them and she looks at sata she's like all you do is sit around all day where are you what are, like don't you have to be somewhere he's like well my school got bombed so what am i supposed to do like that's like Seta's thing things like where am i supposed to go what am i supposed to do
4: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: right so he's just trying to take care. He's got a five-year-old sister. He's just trying to take care of his sister because she can't fend for herself. So, and that—that that I think those themes, like not just the fact that it's in a war, but like that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. what really I think resonated with me a little bit.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. So, uh, as food rations continue to dwindle, more and more people are displaced. More people come to stay at the house. She eventually, she just can't handle them being there, and they leave. That's like halfway through the movie. I don't want to get through. You guys saw the ending. You know, you know what happens. It's not yeah. good. Um but but I think again this is this is a really interesting movie even for today's times because of this idea of, like where am I supposed to go? Like what am I supposed to do? And and everyone says get a job, like figure it out. Like people constantly are telling him get a job, get a job. I'm 14 yeah, and I have mm-hmm. a 5-year-old sister. What am I supposed to do? So he's like stealing food to survive and, and, you know, all these things. Um, and, and that really resonated with me because I think there's a lot of similar themes to like the way that honestly, the way that we treat homelessness today. I mean, it's really easy to stand there and just say, get a job, but like, what are they supposed to do?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, that, I mean, that is one of, one of the biggest issues plaguing America right now is not only the homeless population, but the way we treat that population of people.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Obviously, like the major theme is war is horror, right? Like that's no secret. But, but I think that's that's why some of this I think resonates longer term than just like World War II is. You know, war, war is bad. You know, you watch these kids basically shrivel up to nothing, and right there in the open. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, why is this happening? Like, why are these people letting this happen? And and that's the fact that matters. They just they couldn't deal with it. Like, there's it was too hard to, and they just ignored it because it was too hard to to process. Um. So yeah. So that that's a super downer. Um, watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie. <laughs> um, whimsometer, zero out of 10. <laughs>
1: negative, negative, negative 11.
2: Okay. Not, yeah. not very whimsical. Um, to answer the question, sub or dub, I think either is probably fine. Um, this one is is a weird one as far as licensing is concerned. It had a different, I think it was released under a, like a, it had a different like production company or something
1: disney didn't want to release this one under the disney yeah. banner <laughs> yeah well that
2: yeah there there was some other like there was some business arrangements in japan i don't really know i i couldn't get i couldn't glean a lot of it anyway this doesn't have a lot of big hollywood talent it's just like regular ass voice actors um the voice acting is is good i mean it's it's your standard like you know high quality voice acting fare either sub or dub is fine there's a lot of dialogue though so you know take that for what you will. Um, okay. How are we doing? Well, if you would have asked me a movie ago, the answer would have yeah, been much well, better. Yeah, significantly bummed, but I but fine. we're gonna we're gonna bring up the we're gonna bring up the energy in a second because we're gonna talk about Phil Hartman as a talking cat. So all right, well that's better. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> Is that does that help? That's back certainly on board. better. Yeah, back on board. Okay. No, all but right, I am, we're back.
0: I, I'm enjoying. Ahead, yeah, no, I'm enjoying all of this so far. Um and good. I'm very into the way that you are describing the movies and not like spoiling the end. So good job is good. what I'm trying to say Thanks. there. But yeah,
2: I I I think this is the most fun I've had in doing a flavor text. What
0: it wasn't Kingdom Hearts. It wasn't
2: are Kingdom sure? Hearts. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, I I don't include The Witcher because I knew all that stuff ahead of time and I really like The <laughs> Witcher. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a really enjoyed. I think, save for this movie, I really enjoyed all of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I it, I'll say Kiki's delivery service was fine. It didn't really click with me, but I, I know why it didn't. So anyway, um, Kiki, uh, Kiki, the, the main character, is a young witch in training, um, who's living in a village of witches. So like in this world, witches are kind of like a race of people, or like a you know a type of people, I guess. Um, they they go and do like residencies in, in normal human <laughs> worlds, I guess, or whatever. Okay. Um, unpaid internships
3: yeah, yeah yeah exactly
2: it's it's a rite of passage she's 15 like it's basically an unpaid internship. on her quinceanera it's, she does it's the this. it's
1: <laughs> the the equivalent of like the mormon missionary like they take yeah, the two I years i mean that's yep. i think yeah. that's
2: i think that's what they are going for um this definitely like it feels like sabrina the teenage witch mm-hmm. like uh like the melissa joan hart era the 90s like the the you know yeah. the abc sabrina not the not the new one not the um, chilling you know, adventures no, <laughs> no no um you know, she's got like a cutesy pointy hat. Everything is very. This is this is a whimsical one. This is up up there in the whimsometer. Um, she's got a talking cat, of course, voiced by Phil Hartman, which is awesome. <laughs> TV's is-
3: Troy McClure, <laughs> <laughs> <Troy> McClure,
2: <laughs> yeah, Troy McClure, yeah. Um, she's got a flying broom. You know that kind of thing. Kiki's Village is in the very familiar rural countryside. Uh, <laughs> she- is it idyllic? It's idyllic. It's so it's cute <laughs> as crap. Um, she leaves to go to the big city and uh, it's not named what city this is, but I think it's Paris or it's intended to look like Paris.
1: It's Paris adjacent.
2: It's Paris adjacent. (laughs) Uh, Kiki is, she arrives in the big city and is immediately overwhelmed, right? There's tons of people. Things are going on. This is much different than her small town, Um, but she's able to quickly find a friend in the town Baker. um, Who's a kindly woman who lives with her mute husband, her mute, Fucking brick shit house of a husband. Yeah. <laughs> she
3: like she like shows up and is like, I sleep at this bakery now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah she's basically like, yeah. I didn't think I don't remember the exact setup, but it was like, I didn't think this through. I need a place to sleep. And she's like, I guess this bakery
2: is now your home. She she started a foreign exchange program, but forgot to contact her hosting family. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and she just shows up to the bakery. Well, she there's like a she does like a job for her and the woman's mm-hmm. like where are you staying <laughs> She's like, oh, i well.
3: think i think her bed is like kind of what you'd imagine from a tiny house it folds out of yeah. the wall under a yeah, window it's, it's it's like
2: the garage it's like the garage in-law suite or whatever yeah it's fine whatever um so kiki's whole thing in her in her unpaid internship is she has to find purpose i guess like she has to it's not really declared like what she has to do you know, but basically just like find a purpose <laughs> is basically it um. So she starts to. She decides to start a delivery service. Uh. Sure. Uh. <laughs> he said uh,
4: the
2: because... name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roll exactly. credits. Yeah. Um. Because she can fly, and like, and she does it, and it and it goes fine. She delivers. <laughs> she does the thing. Um,
0: the way you said that it made it sound like she started a delivery service and she was like okay at it it wasn't the best delivery (laughs) service but she's not great at it i mean she's she's okay i'm
1: sure it does that thing like it has its ups and downs like she she (laughs) delivers stuff but then sometimes she she messes it up
2: right honestly i would say that she's she's at a solid four out of ten in quality every time oh no (laughs) (laughs) She's not a very good delivery person. So she gets she's, by.
1: She gets by more on her plucky attitude than her. She's 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 cute and a plucky to... go-getter. Gotcha. Yep. Got it.
2: Yep. Um. So she she encounters all these fun side characters. Uh, we see a hippie painter who lives in the woods, voiced by Janine Garofalo. Uh, wow. A sweet. A, yep. Uh, a sweet old lady who make who they make they just make cookies for like thirty minutes. Like they just bake cookies. Like all right, that's Great. fine. It, it's it's adorable. Um, and then uh, she meets a some beta cuck boy who refuses to learn her name for like <laughs> half of the movie. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> yeah, ready for sucks. you to
0: hit me with beta cuck boy. I yeah, wasn't
2: ready yeah, for he that either. He sucks. His whole his whole personality is I like flying, and uh, and he just like calls her like little witch the whole time, and she's like bitch. I have a name. <laughs> so um, Kiki's a great protagonist. Strong strong female protagonist again.
1: Who voices beta cuck boy?
2: um oh i don't have that pulled up actually um
3: i was gonna make a joke about anyone that you want to dunk on that's a commentator on twitter I but mean, i'll do leave you, it
2: be do you remember do you guys remember the the boy in that movie i'm no, sure in when I you were 12 you probably looked at him in a different way but i probably
3: thought he was so cool because he was you know talking to a witch and now i realize oh. he was the villain
2: uh here's your hidden mickey for the for the for the movie. Uh, disney channel's matthew lawrence oh wow (laughs) Wow. Uh, from 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 notable titles as boy meets world and that movie with all of the lawrence brothers
3: (laughs) (laughs) didn't they have a series called the lawrence brothers or something like that yeah yeah
1: is matthew lawrence the one that was um the middle one max goof from
2: no max goof is he's coming. He's coming later. He's coming in. And, uh, <laughs> it's we, a different pull, Lawrence. Brother. We we we'll find him in Spirited Away a couple of years later. Okay. Uh, and that's that's basically Kiki's delivery service. Like it, nothing really happens. It's cute. It's it's a palette again. It's like a palate cleanser. It's low on war, high on whimsy.
1: <laughs> again, this is the one that was always on Disney Channel when yeah. I yeah. wanted to watch anything else besides anime because i wasn't into anime at the
2: time this 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 and panyo i didn't really click with i think these are the most like just like disney ass disney movies if you will yeah it's it's objectively it's a good movie like i would it's it's a good movie i just it wasn't for me
0: yeah to touch on what todd said earlier i never would have guessed that this came out in 89 because when i was a kid i remember it being advertised Mm-hmm. constantly like on every because
2: the dub came out in 97 that's right. right
0: yeah uh, which yeah. like that that is something that i never knew and never would have thought about that that movie was oh, sure. 10 years older like that i yeah. assumed that that came out in 2000 or adjacent to
2: hmm. fair enough um i had never i don't i don't remember a single thing about this so um seven out of ten on the whimsometer uh we've got talking <laughs> cat definitely one in the plus column it's very much like it does that thing where it's like magic in a realistic world. So I got to give it, I got to give it a, a mid to high rating on that. Um, for the question, sub or dub, I think, I think dub, or I think sub actually pretty honestly, Kristen Dunst. I'm not a huge Kristen Dunst fan. Her voice acting <laughs> talent is, is less than stellar. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty meh performance from a, from a teenage Kristen Dunst. That's the a only pretty reason th-
1: common review I hear of the movie too, <laughs> is like yeah. Kristen Dunst is in it and yeah. she is, in the movie. Like. <laughs> She's,
2: yep, she, she, she does the voice. She yeah. does the voice. Um, really, the only reason to watch the dub is to hear, hear Phil Hartman. You can get all of it yeah. in the first 15 minutes because he's just making snarky comments, and then he goes and like gets a cat girlfriend, and it's whatever. <laughs> it's fine. So <laughs> Wild watch the first 15 minutes dubbed and then switch to subbed if you're gonna watch it
3: is that like a button on your remote
2: (laughs) no (laughs) you can do that in hbo max actually hashtag sponsored ad you can can, (laughs) hbo max has the full unreleased uh, theatrical versions of the japanese and english versions um
1: please give us money hbo
2: please give us money hbo yeah you can actually just like switch the languages because i do that a lot when i'm watching anime on netflix too because i like i want to see a scene in japanese and see if it was better in the english because i'm insane (laughs) wow Oh,
4: boy.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry I I
2: revealed that information.
0: In in that exact instance, I re-evaluated our whole
2: friendship. I think that was the most
1: Andrew Henderson statement I could have ever heard.
2: And on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll cover the last five movies.
0: If you've been thinking about starting your own podcast, I've got a new podcast maker app for you to try out. It's all web-based. It's called Alidoo. And it automates the production and publishing in your podcasting and offers tools to make editing quicker and easier. All you have to do is record your show as normal, then upload your recordings to Alidu. They'll convert all your files, clean up your volume, your background noise, your hiss. They'll piece all your clips together, add your theme music automatically, and they'll even publish your episodes directly to your host. They have custom podcast editing tools to edit out any of your mistakes before creating your finished episode. And on top of that, they have a free theme music library to polish up your show. Plus, in the next month or so, they're going to be rolling out call recording so you can record your show right into Alidu, whether it's a solo show with a co-host or an interview with a guest. The idea behind Alidu is to make podcasting as quick and simple as possible. They remove a bunch of the tech barriers and let you concentrate on what you do best, talking about something you love. You can try it out for free for a whole week at Alidu.com. That's alit dot com to get your one week free trial. And if you've been thinking about starting a show and need a full guide on how to do that, head over to thepodcasthost.com slash start to get everything you need.
4: All right, welcome back. <laughs>
2: Good All right, now. welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we we've, so we've covered the first five movies we've got through the mostly the '80s in Studio Ghibli's history. Um, so we're we're gonna fast forward a bit. There's a couple there's a couple more Miyazaki films and other Takahata um, some other folks Takahata some other folks. Um, but really, I think the next big movie to really to talk about here is Princess Mononoke. Um, Princess Mononoke, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, released in 1997. This is what really kickstarted Studio Ghibli on a global stage. This this movie in particular. We talked a little bit earlier about the the studio or the uh, the Disney partnership. Um, Miramax uh, licensing the rights to air this one theat or theatrical. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Miramax. You'll get there. Buying the rights for a theat- theatrical U.S. release almost did it um so like this is this was the big turning point um princess mononoke this is definitely the most serious of miyazaki's movies um outside of of 2013's the wind rises which was like a historical drama um this is also definitely the most like action-packed violent one um Hmm. i think it's the only pg-13 movie i believe it's it's cool this is my favorite legend of zelda movie <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if, if if you need a selling point, that's my selling point.
0: That uh, um, that brought my interest yeah. level up like five or six yeah. clicks.
2: Hey, baby, I know, I know the, I know the selling points of all these. Talking, we got talking Phil Hartman, or Phil Hartman the Cat. We got Legend of Zelda. We, we're good. Okay, so this is one of the few, the few that actually have a male protagonist, which I think is also interesting. Our male protagonist's name is Prince Ashitaka. Um, he lives in a remote rural village. I was with his, waiting. There it is. Who <laughs> would have guessed? With his low-tech pacifist community. Um, it's very idyllic. Um, the first scene of this movie fucking rips. Like as soon as I watched this, now I will say this wasn't my favorite. I think this is like probably top this is probably top three though. I mean this is this is a very good movie. Okay. Um, it's lower on the whimsometer, which is why it's not in my <laughs> favorites. Um I think I I generally like, I personally like Nausicaa more than this one. But this has a lot of similarities to that movie, so if you like Nasca, you'll you'll like Princess Mononoke, or vice versa. Um, but the first scene of this this movie is so cool. It's Ashitaka fighting this like mucky sludge demon on, on top horseback, and he's like firing bow or like firing arrows at the sludge demon, um, which is why I was like, oh, this is just Legend of Zelda. This is fucking Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> this, of the Colossus
3: up in this, here. This, yep.
2: this rips, yeah. Um, and he and he put this like this this uh, big like it. Uh, well it looks like a sludge demon but then when he kills it it turns into a, like a boar. Um so it's like this big this massive mm. boar. Uh, real real fucking cool. Um, so he he takes this demon down but unfortunately gets attacked uh, gets hurt in, during the fight. Inside the demon it kind of like the demon like subsides and just leaves like the the like the skeleton of a boar. Um he finds a little ball of iron which will come into play later. So we see then Ashitaka going back to the village elder. Because there's always a village elder. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a village elder. Uh, <laughs> the the elder reveals that he's been cursed by the demon, and this curse will eventually take over his body and slowly kill him.
1: Uh, so Ashitaka is cursed, or the elder is cursed.
2: Ashitaka. Okay. Ashitaka is cursed. Got yeah. it. Um, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, he so Ashitaka has to leave his village to seek out the forest spirit, um, which is a a deity of life and death, in hopes to get a cure.
1: Totoro, thus launching the, yeah. the Studio Ghibli-verse. <laughs>
4: yeah. it's, a,
2: it's a good guess. Different Forest Spirit. Much more, much more of a metal Forest Spirit. If, if Totoro is the cover art of a Pixar movie, the Ashitaka, or the Pr- Princess Mononoke Forest Spirit is the cover of a metal album.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'm still on board.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, so Ashitaka leaves the village. On his way, he runs into he he cry, he passes through another little small town that's being raided by bandits. This is when I realized how how uh, vicious this movie is because uh, we see Ashitaka like shoot um, shoot a, another arrow at one of the bandits and he shoots his arm like clean off. Damn. Damn. Like, you just watch the arm just like oh, it's not there anymore. It's gone. <laughs> like hey. like
1: that's pretty that's pretty damn good. That's why why, <laughs> why Miramax ran it instead of Disney. Yeah yep. yeah exactly. Uh-huh.
2: Um Ashitaka successfully fends off the the bandits and meets Billy Bob Thornton. Not actually Billy Bob Thornton, but like a wandering swordsman or a wandering uh like cell sword, I guess, voiced by Billy Bob Thornton.
1: Does he look like Billy Bob Thornton?
2: No, he does not. But ah, bummer. Remember how I said the dub is bad? The dub is the dub is not great. Um and and this is when I was like, I had to watch the scene a couple times because Billy Bob's Thornton's voice acting is so jarring. <laughs> cool. Like, it's just. Um, wait, I'm it's laughing at not Billy good.
0: Bob's Thornton. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> you put the
2: apostrophe you know, his, in the wrong place. His, his Thornton. It's yeah, Thornton. It's, like, it's like attorneys general. You, when you have multiple <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob Thorntons, it's Billy Bob's Thornton. Um, <laughs> yeah billy bob thornton's voice acting is so weird and jarring and he just kind of like slurs everything like it's just words falling out of his mouth like billy bob
4: thornton
2: yeah exactly um watch watch the sub of this one uh so uh, later ashitaka then moves on he winds up in this massive forest um which is filled with little forest spirits not the not capital f forest spirit but just little baby forest spirits um they're all Kodamas. Do you guys know what a Kodama is? It's like a thing in Japanese culture.
4: Mm-mm. Okay.
1: I will once um, I look it up. It's yeah. familiar.
2: Yeah, they're like little. Um, they're like little. They look like little. Um, like little yeah. babies, but they got weird potato heads and like. Uh, and like little black. O- ovals for he- like they they're Koroks they're yeah. fucking Koroks they're Koroks,
0: or they they're like the little yeah. the little coconut people from Moana like yeah. every yeah. every oh, fantasy yeah. thing has yeah. they're they're Ewoks like everybody yeah. has yeah. their yeah. tiny cute race
2: yeah so they're they're fucking Koroks like that's what they are which is why my favorite Legend of Zelda <laughs> and he he actually he so he comes across two soldiers uh, he saves their lives and takes them back to their hometown. Which is called Iron Town. Iron Town. Uh, yeah. I'm there. I got gotcha. you. I don't think the symbolism will be lost. <laughs> <laughs> the and I have here in my notes the not so subtly named <laughs> Iron Town <laughs> is is famous for its technology and weapons. Now Iron Town is this like massive steel fortress or or iron fortress, um, and it's run by the awesome badass character Lady Ib- Iboshi. Lady Iboshi, excuse me. Um Lady Iboshi is my favorite villain. Um, actually second favorite villain. My favorite villain is Yubaba in Spirited Away. But Lady Eboshi Obi- is really cool. She is definitely not like a villain villain. She is a really interesting anti-hero. Like she's just trying to lead her people. She's just trying to lead her people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she 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 rules.
1: She looks a lot like Azula from Avatar.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is a really good comparison. Yep. Um Iron Town is warring with the forest, basically. And, and we see that in the next scene. Irontown is attacked by uh, a girl named San, who is another badass, who is the, the titular Princess Mononoke. Um, uh-huh. San, San is her human name. She is, she is kind of leading the, this, this tribe of giant wolves. And uh, we cool. see there's actually a, a... It's super cool. There's a scene before that where San and the wolves are attacking these soldiers on a mountain, and it, and it fucking rules. Uh, but, like, yeah, Sana's awesome. Like, she just, she hops, she's got, like, a knife, and she, like, she was basically raised by wolves, and she, like, she has that, like, kind of, like, she's like a, like a Lady Tarzan, but she fights with a knife. It's sick. so cool. It's, like, yeah, it's super sick. It, her, like, she's got, like, the knife skills akin to the Winter Soldier in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, Summer. nice. Hell, yeah. Does, yeah like, does it's it's the, real does cool. Does she
1: kind of fill the role of, like... Chic in the Legend of Zelda games. Then, yeah, if we're going to continue yep. the Legend of Zelda yep. comparisons, okay, she is okay. she is chic.
2: Yeah, so you got Lady Bowser in Iron Town versus Sen and the Forest Gods, basically, and Ashitaka. In the meanwhile, is kind of caught in the middle between both of these these groups, and he's trying to basically make peace and avoid this like massive war, um, all the while searching for a cure to his curse. Um, yeah, Princess Mononoke, very very good. I, I like this movie a lot um this is one i'll probably end up watching this a couple times i definitely want to watch the sub because i don't want to ever watch the dub again (laughs) Um, but yeah this was uh this was also i mean when you talk about critical acclaim and and and, uh um, commercial acclaim this is second to spirited away like like i said earlier i mean this is what catalyzed getting all of these movies in, in the states a lot of the major themes like i said from nausicaa are coming back here War is pointless. We have to respect our world and our world's creators. We can all live together. It's not that Iron Town is bad. It's just that we don't want Iron Town to destroy the forest in 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 the interest of making more weapons. Um, also, this has one of the better soundtracks. I, I should say all of these movies have good music. Generally, um, they're all very different. They're all very again tonal for for their movie. I think this is probably the one of the best, if not the best, soundtracks. Um, Second, probably be Spirited Away, honestly. Okay. Um, but cool. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff here. I'm gonna give it a 4.5 on the whimsometer. There's definitely some whimsy. We've got Forest Spirits. We've got the Kodama. We've got you know a little bit of mysticism, but it's definitely grounded. <laughs> but we're in also like,
1: shooting arms off of people. We're also and... shooting arms <clears throat> off
2: of goblins. We're we're searching for the Triforce. You know whatever.
1: Yeah. I want to say I've heard th- with this one, and I want to. S- I think Kiki's Delivery Service. The reason mm-hmm. the dubs are so bad is that they were very much um, yeah. rush jobs. Like,
2: this was, well, this was the first. This was the and this first was dub. And
1: this was the first one, but like, those yeah. two especially were very much like, we got the rights, let's get them into theaters gotta, next month. Get, like, like, yep. get them yep, in yep, the yep. studio.
2: Yeah, because the Totoro dub is really good, but that was five years later. Yeah. 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 Um, so I mentioned Billy Bob Thornton. Um, this is definitely a sub, obviously. Uh, Billy Crudup um, from Almost Famous, if you remember Billy Crudup. Oh, well, yeah. Wild. Uh, hmm. is Ashitaka. He's not great. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, Claire Danes is, uh, is uh, San. She's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, although, I will shout out Mini Driver. Uh, if you can remember, Mini Driver, uh, Stand by your man Oof. in Goldeneye. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> is Lady Iboshi. That's pretty yeah. good. Mini Driver is excellent as Lady Iboshi, though. Hmm. All right. Definitely some, some stuff to gain there. Okay. Spirited Away. Guys, <laughs> Spirited Away is one of the best movies that I have seen in my entire fucking life. It is so good. It is so good, it makes me want to cry. The first three bullets are here just saying, I love this movie, I love this movie, I'm gushing. <laughs> Fuck, this movie is so good. Um, Spirited Away is directed by Haya- Hayao Miyazaki, released in 2001. This is, this is the big one i already said earlier this is the one that won the academy award Mm -hmm. this is like what while princess mononoke got started the partnerships i think this is the one that really fueled all of the interest in these movies sealed the deal Um, yeah sealed the deal exactly um you know still like one of the best selling movies of all time in japan i mean it's it's crazy so i'll try to summarize it again this is one i'm I'm not going to do the story justice because there's a lot of this movie specifically is in the imagery and the, the environment. So I'll, I'll piecemeal the story, but this is just something you have to experience. And I hate that. I just said that, but, but it is just something you have to experience. Okay. So our main protagonist, uh, Chihiro and her mother and father are driving through the countryside, uh, to their new home out in the country. How idyllic idyllic is it? Yeah. There's so much country, (laughs) uh, five out of 10 on the ideal Um, they on their way. They come across, and they're they're like, she like she's kind of a you know like a spunky, almost teen. She's I would say she's like eleven or twelve, um, and she's like at the age she's like, shut up, dad, you're dumb. You know that kind of like that kind <laughs> yeah. of energy.
3: You know how you talk to your parents. <laughs> yeah, you know
2: like when, yeah, you talk to your um, They come across what looks like an abandoned theme park. It's it's really cool. It's like this like sea of grass, and there's all these ruins kind of like submerged in the ground. It looks really neat. Um, Dad's like dad wants to check it out. Um no, I have I have a little notebook that I was taking notes of some of these earlier ones and I was like, dad's a fucking idiot. Like as soon as the like, <laughs> like this dad is an idiot, he's going to do something stupid and die. Is like, he uh, like the like this,
1: the typical 90s dumb dad? Like
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's he's Dexter's lab dad. He's that kind of he's, <laughs> he's big Dexter's lab dad energy. Saturday is right for dad. Um as they as they walk through <laughs> It, this is so this is where this movie starts to be, and you're like something's happening here. Um, this abandoned park slowly starts to come to life. So it started with like all these buildings and they' like, just ruins like submerged in the ground. Now the buildings are like on on top of the ground. Now the buildings are not ruins, they're just buildings. Oh, now there are lights everywhere. Now we're okay. in an entire city square. Um, and then mom and dad are just like, oh, that's neat. And then they come across like a stall and, and that's where it gets like super weird. like there's a stall just full of food. Like and it's just like there's nobody around, and mom and dad are like, "Let's eat," and Chihiro's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You guys are idiots!" <laughs> like, "Let we need to go." <laughs> um, so Chihiro leaves and she's like looking around and she encounters another boy. Because until this point we haven't seen any people. Um, this boy is like, "What are you doing? You have to leave now." It started and and like he's like, "You have to leave before the sun goes down," and of course the sun's going down. Right. Um. So she's like, "Shit. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Peace." She runs back. To find her parents, which like this scene, God, this scene. Um, so she she runs back, and her parents are stuffing food in their face, their faces, <laughs> and they turn over, and they're these disgusting hogs. Like there's just like food coming out of their mouths, and they're like, Arr! and it's like it's <laughs> horrifying, it's terrifying, it's it's so good, but it's so terrifying. Um, and shit goes sideways right quick. So she's like she's like she screams, runs away. And Shihiro, she, she starts to see herself, she starts to become incorporeal, right? So, like, oh. shit's popping off left and right. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. The, the very nice young anime boy comes back, and he's like, here, eat this. She eats it, and she stops turning incorporeal. So she's like, what the fuck is going on? So he tells her, his name is Haku. Um, he tells her, like, you need to get out of here, but now you're trapped in here. I told you to get out of here, but now you, you're trapped in here. This is a spirit world. Somehow you ended up in a spirit world, and humans aren't welcome. Um, so if you want to make it out of here live and get your family, here's what you need to do: you need to go find work at Yubaba's bathhouse. You need to go ask her, no matter what. You need to get a job, otherwise, like you will end up like your parents. And she's like, "Fuck, okay, let's go." So I'm gonna stop. I, I won't go through much more of the story. That's the premise. the 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 really like, the majesty of this movie is just like again, just this the setting, the spirit world, because. It allowed them to create all of these like really interesting characters and and just like bananas looking designs and I have a couple images here. Um, I'll I'll say so. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show here a thousand hours ago. <laughs> uh, Studio Ghibli released uh, over. It's, it's only happened like three or four weeks ago. Studio Ghibli released a, a series of like promotional artwork for some of their movies. One of those is. Um, for uh, Spirited Away. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes, but there's like 50 images, and I put a couple in our show notes for for people to see. Um, one is of Yubaba, who okay. is like, again, old <laughs> women are awesome. It's she, awesome. This is... She is the one that looks like a square of a human. Yeah. And I, I love it. Her, her, she's like is 90% than, like, head. <laughs> yeah. She's 90% <laughs> head. She is, she's,
3: she is Modoc, but yeah. like, the old woman <laughs> version.
2: She's, she's NBA Jam big head mode. That's like, that's, <laughs> that's her thing. And she's voiced by, um, Yubaba is voiced by Suzanne Plachette, who is, uh, j- who was like, who was in the, um, I think like the Dick Van Dyke show or the, Mar- or the Mary Tyron Moore show or something. Mm, she's okay. in like old, old TV. Um, so that's like a, she, I mean,
3: that's a big
1: name then, like.
2: Yeah, a good, she's a good, yeah.
1: she's like Hollywood royalty kind of. Yeah, at Hollywood that. royalty. Yeah.
2: And she, she is phenomenal. Yubaba might be like the best character in this, in this movie. Um, she is the villain, but again, like she is an evil, evil witch, quote unquote. And uh, she's just, she's hilarious. Like she's, so, it's, it's so good. And there's other, there's other fun characters. Um, we meet Komaji, the boiler man, who is in the, the last image that I posted here that I'll put up in the show notes. He's got six arms
4: nice he does
2: he he's, does have six he arms a, he is a spider man <laughs>
1: he is it he looks like if mr roshi master roshi had six arms
2: yes yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: i was gonna say yeah. it's like a it's like a bla, it's like a mustache like so the
2: mustached
3: Eggman combined with goro <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and then the iconic no face which uh, again it It's hard to describe over audio, but this is an image that I think a lot of people have seen and not realized it. Um, So no face is he's got he's he looks like a Harry Potter Dementor, um, but he's got like a white mask and two red lines over vertical red lines over each of his eyes. And just like a like a expressionless mouth face Um, He's no face. and And that's like I've seen that. I had seen that image a lot of times before I had seen that character. I think a lot of people have. That's like the most iconic thing from this movie. Um, one of my other most notable uh side characters is a character called the Radish Spirit, which is literally just a giant walking radish that's that <laughs> shares an elevator ride with hero, and that's it. They that's just share what? an elevator ride.
3: Great. I love that.
2: <laughs> and it's fantastic.
0: Um, I was trying to put to words what No <sighs> Face looks God. like. Sorry, I keep bouncing back, but No, no, no you're it's, fine. It's it's a a black sheet ghost with a white kabuki mask. That is no yeah. face. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Um, this movie is whimsical as fuck. It's fantastical. It's it's excellent. It's got definite like horror themes, like PG horror themes, but definite horror themes, which which I really like. Um, I I described it as if Pan's Labyrinth was directed by Pixar. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and because it's in the spirit world, every character is just is so unique. An interesting, Um, every there's so much like just so much variety in the in the design here. I mean, there's there's a reason why this movie is is so much loved, is so beloved as it is. It's it's very good, and I I I can't recommend it enough.
1: I've got to assume the spirit world scenes in Avatar borrow heavily from this, maybe so much to the point where I think um like there's like the evil spirit Poe, the faceless spirit looks very much like no Mm -hmm. face
2: got it yeah,
0: yeah yeah that that totally tracks this is definitely the movie that i've seen the most from like i've seen yes. Yubaba <laughs> and things i've seen no yep. face and things like i i've yeah. seen um chihiro and things like yeah this this and just the character totoro are the things from studio ghibli that i've seen the most i would agree
2: if you were to ask me two months ago what i know about studio ghibli it would have been totoro and spirited away was a good movie that's it yep um if you're if listeners out there if you're gonna watch one of these please watch this one it's it's so good um whimsometer this is 10 out of 10 on the whimsometer this is just pure this is just all whimsy (laughs) all the time unadulterated whimsy um no holds barred whimsy. <laughs> no holds barred whimsy. Uh, our hidden Mickey is... Uh, so I have here John Lasseter from Pixar. Uh, love this movie so much. I, I read an article that said the very first US screening of this movie was at the Pixar HQ. That tracks. Um, yeah. yeah. John, John Lasseter loved this movie so much he sent John Ratzenberger to do a voice. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um so we see john ratzenberger show up as uh uh which you know is the voice of ham and who there appears in all of i it, had to look you know, who up. appears in all of the pixar he's, movies he's the yep. the
1: one voice that the through yeah. line through all the pixar movies yeah yep yeah, yeah.
2: um so to answer a sub or dub i think the dub is really good um chihiro's voice actor is very very good um i don't she, i don't know her name um but also i mentioned suzanne plichette as yubaba is, is excellent um, this is where also Max from Goof Troop makes an appearance as well as uh, one Pazio. more,
1: one more box to check.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, so that voice will sound very All right. familiar.
1: I'm going to be the, the guy. Is it, is it the voice of Max from Goof Troop or the voice of Max from a goofy movie? Cause they're two different voices. Shit.
2: You're right. You're totally um, right. Is it
1: Jason Marsden or Dana Hill? It's Jason Marsden. Okay. That's the goofy
2: movie. Got it. Thank you um the one the one that i know because i never really watched goof troop that much i just watched a goofy movie like a hundred times <laughs> gotcha uh, yeah Th- thank you for clarifying so max from a goofy movie uh yeah de- definitely watch the dub i'll probably watch it again but i'll probably watch the sub just because No, oh, why not cool okay we've just got a couple left and uh we'll we'll go quick um the i would say the last one that i w- the last like real real big one of this bunch howl's moving castle so, Howl's Moving Castle was the first Miyazaki movie released after the explosion that was spirited away. So, at that point, America had dubs of all of these movies. Studio Ghibli was on the map internationally. So, Howl's Moving Castle was like the first big follow up. This is like, this immediately got a theatrical release, uh, I think worldwide, definitely least in the States. Um, so, you've got big names here. Um, we have Billy Crystal uh christian bale um are two of the big ones yeah um so this this one this one was a big deal um starts with starts out with our main character 18 year old sophie um runs a hat shop it's owned by her father now this one is in the city to be fair this one is in a city so this is not in the country yeah um sophie encounters a mysterious wizard who introduces himself as howl he is Pretty goddamn sexy. Like I'm sorry, this is he is a sexy character. Like I I can say with absolute certainty, how how fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sophie's being chased by soldiers or what for whatever reason, and how does some fancy, sexy anime magic stuff and helps her escape. He's got tuxedo guy. What's tuxedo? Tuxedo mask. Tuxedo 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 mask. He's got big tuxedo mask energy. He does like this is the most anime of all these movies. Like I would say, Mm -hmm. this is the most. Um, which is why I say, like, start here if you, if you like anime at all. If you don't like anime, start at Totoro or Spirit of the Later that night, uh, Sophie is visited by the Wicked Witch of the Wastes. The That's wicked awesome. Wastes. Cool. Uh, who, toned, who turns Sophie into an old lady. She just, like, the Wicked Witch just, like, kind of rushes through her. And, like, you see that she's, like, kind of, like, gut punches her. And then Sophie wakes up as an old woman.
1: Bummer. Nice.
2: Yeah, yeah and old lady sophie fucks old lady sophie rules um she fucking rules because like sophie it, it's very it's it's established that 18 year old sophie is like kind of meek and like she doesn't, she doesn't really have any direction but as like as soon as she turns into an old, old woman she's like fuck it let's go let's do it i don't give a shit anymore like it's it's awesome um so she flees town to find Hal, to who <laughs> To, to try to find a cure, Hal, who lives in a magical metal castle that walks on four legs, right. and also Good. is out in the mountains, the titular moving castle. Got it. Um, old Lady Sophie fucking climbs a mountain <laughs> with the help of, just with a, with a cane and the help of a friendly sentient scarecrow, uh, and finds Howl's castle, but alas, no Howl. Just a little boy named Markle and a very Jewish fireplace. Voiced by <laughs> Billy
1: Crystal. <laughs> sure. Okay. Is it is it Jewish? Because it is voiced Billy by Billy Crystal or is it Billy
2: Crystal? Okay. It's just Billy so it, ass Billy Crystal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 Billy Crystal being a fireplace. He's a demon or whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, it's Billy Crystal. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Old Lady Sophie uh lies to the kid in the fireplace, uh that into Billy Crystal. Um says that she was hired by Hal to clean up to be like the cleaner. And they're like, Yeah, whatever. Enter in sexy ass howl. He comes back, his hair is just everywhere, it's flowing. Uh he Sophie tells him, uh, that tells him the same line. He's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. So like they're just they just chill. Like they all just become this like weird family, and it's <laughs> fine. Um, Hal, Sophie, and Markle um, and uh, and and their sentient fireplace. So Hal's deal is that he's employed by the king as a court wizard, and in this world, there is like an army of magicians or army of wizards. So this is not unlike like a Witcher kind of scenario. Yeah.
4: Mm.
2: Okay. And. Howl is, wait for it, a pacifist. Okay. <laughs> um, <what>? So <laughs> so he asks Sophie to essentially help him out of getting drafted for war, basically. All right. So Sophie, Howell, Markle, and Billy he's, Crystal the He's fire a lover,
1: not a fighter. He's yeah. a lover,
2: not a fire, baby. Um, they embark on, the, on a magical, whimsical adventure to stem the tide of war and also save Hal from turning into a birdman because that's something that happens.
3: Oh, okay. It's not the weirdest thing that's happened. Yeah, that's true.
2: I like this movie a lot. It's, it's good. Um, it's, it's definitely the horniest movie.
0: <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> we had to check the sexy teen box eventually. Yeah,
2: yeah. And <laughs> it's the Billy Bob Thorniest movie. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's not... It's it's not horny for any reason other than Hal is just so ambiguously sexual.
1: All right. Just, you know He just, like, can't help it. It's yeah, like, he it's just, like he David just Bowie, Bowie in Labyrinth. Yeah. Like- yes, <laughs> yes.
0: He just oozes sexuality. The one villain from Skyward Sword who is weirdly sexual.
2: Oh, yeah, Ghirahim. Ghirahim, <laughs> yeah. there it is. Yeah. He's got a little less tongue than Ghirahim, but definitely... <laughs> that same more wings less tongue got it, it is. yeah um but this movie is very sweet and uh it has honestly some of the best character development howl as a character is is really really good um and he's also christian bale so there's that
1: <laughs> tight so wild sexy flying christian bale
2: sexy flying mm. christian bale
0: got it was this like moneyball or, or not moneyball um oh shit um,
2: what was that christian this would bale have been, movie well this would have been a year before batman begins
1: oh damn Wow. So yeah. like Rain of Fire, Christian Bale. Yeah,
2: Reign of Fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the this is and like I said, this is definitely the most anime of the bunch. Um, in that the end gets very heady and JRPG E, and they do end fighting evil using the power of friendship. So you yeah, have right. to check that box. Um seven out of seven and a half out of ten on the whimsometer. Definitely whimsy, definitely horny whimsy. Um <laughs> To answer the question, sub or dub, absolutely dub, baby. Uh, Christian Bale and and Billy Crystal as the Jewish fireplace. (laughs) I guess it's not like Jewish. It's New York. It's just, it's Billy Crystal. It's it's Billy Crystal in any movies
1: I mean, but Billy Crystal is very, like, he plays New York Jew every every movie he's in.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So check out the dub. Um, Okay, so ponyo this is the last miyazaki film that we're going to talk about today um ponyo was released in 2008 um to audiences uh internationally and including kyle so congrats
1: the the (laughs) song that plays over the end credits i i still know it like it's still in my head
2: so yeah so ponyo ponyo is probably my least favorite to be honest with you um this is honestly, this is the one I watched last night while I was writing the notes to this. So, <laughs> um, here we go. Panyo, yeah, Panyo was specifically designed to be a kids' movie, unlike all of these, which are movies for all people or all ages. So, take that for what you will. Um, it's still very good. You know, it's 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 like a it's like one of those Disney movies about kids for kids, but it, it's it's objectively a good, a well done movie. Similar to Kiki's, just like, eh, I didn't, I didn't really resonate with it.
1: I've heard it described as anime The Little Mermaid.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, I could buy that. Um, here's the premise. Liam Neeson is a sea wizard. <laughs> On <Tight>. board.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Say no more. That's what I've wanted um, out of every Aquaman <laughs> thing I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> Boom. Um, Liam Neeson is a sea wizard, and he has like 100 goldfish daughters. Cool, right? Good good for Liam Neeson. (laughs) Um, one one of his hundred goldfish daughters escapes on the back of a jellyfish and rides out to the to the surface of the water. She ends up in a little glass bottle, washes up on land, and is found by a, a young boy named Sosuke. Um, Sosuke is like seven, maybe eight. Like he's he's young. Sosuke frees her from a bottle and cuts his hand by doing so. So the goldfish licks Sosuke's hand, licks the blood off, and then starts to talk. Sure. Sure. Um all right. Sosuke Sosuke is elated and names her Ponyo. There it is. He said, said the name in the thing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he Sosuke, said the, the Um <laughs> that you.
3: one that one goes out to uh Zach 6 and his like ten that he put in the group <laughs> yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah,
2: there was a lot. Um oh man. Uh there's there's a subreddit or there's a Twitter feed for that, which i it's so funny. It's now. so yeah, it's funny really and
3: stupid. Good. Like the real <laughs> ones and the fake ones. Mm-hmm, so yeah. funny.
2: Um Sosuke takes Ponyo around his idyllic countryside village and uh, intru- introduces Ponyo to all of the old ladies. Of course. Yep. <laughs> Just got to check these boxes. Um,. Meanwhile, Liam Neeson summons a giant water demon to take Ponyo back below the sea.
0: All right, overreaction much? Okay. It's yeah. like there's a subplot, and there's a whole subplot <laughs> going
2: on. There's, there's a lot of Liam Neeson talking to himself, which is pretty fun. Um, I, I don't so see like how it couldn't be. Wait. Yeah, so like that's, that's cool.
0: This isn't anime um little mermaid this is anime taken
2: yeah
1: (laughs)
0: it's it's like anime taken and finding nemo yeah
2: yeah it's it's, there's definitely a lot of finding nemo in it which is it's interesting because like this came after finding nemo so it's very possible that this took inspiration from finding nemo versus the the uh the reverse um anyway yeah so he summons a giant (laughs) water demon um and then uh so ponyo is then dragged back to the depths of the ocean uh, and Ponyo, Ponyo, in retaliation, uses Liam Neeson's magic to turn herself into a little girl and then rides a tsunami of fish waves back to land.
0: <laughs> what a sentence. What an incredible yeah. sentence.
2: <laughs> Writing this was wild. Um, but, of course, the, this tsunami sets, sets nature off balance and the whole world gets flooded. Ah, uh, oh. yeah ah oh, beans butterfly <laughs> flaps its wings uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> um so Ponyans, ponyo and sosuke must set out to rebalance the world with the help of her magic and also lady poseidon who is ponyo's mother oh great yeah cool uh, this is a nine this is a nine out of ten on the whimsy scale on the whimsometer <laughs> i couldn't tell like i said th- out of out of all these movies this one is this one is definitely made for kids it's fine uh, it, has its up, it has its high points, mostly Liam Neeson related. Everything else is, it's fine. It's, it's really pretty. It's, there's a lot of cool artistry that's being done here. It's very cute. Um, this one, among all else, is a plat- palette cleanser. So remember like 30 minutes ago when we talked about Grave of the Fireflies? Watch this after Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> um, sub or dub? The high point of the dub is definitely Liam Neeson. Um, watch the Liam Neeson scenes. Nothing else is really worth it for the dub. You can probably stick with a sub and just be fine. Cool. There was yeah. other
1: people in the, in that besides uh, Lee T- Neeson.
2: Tina Fey plays the mom. That's um, right. Oh, nice. That was the other one Cor- I recognized. Yeah. Um Cloris Leachman's also in it as oh, well. Wow. The ladies mm-hmm. Oh that's Matt cool. Damon. Um Matt <laughs> wow. Damon is I could not figure out what role he is. I think he's the dad, but like there's so little of this movie that's that's not just um Ponyo and Sosuke. Gotcha. That, like it doesn't really matter like yeah. sosuke's mom has two scenes three scenes maybe like there's just there's just not a lot um even Neam Liam, Le- Liam Neeson like i the, the stuff that i talked about Liam Neeson those are all of his scenes so oh
1: and and Ponyo is um is rela is sister to Miley Cyrus Noah Cyrus
2: Wow.
4: Oh, it's, it's like
3: they, they yeah. bring in the big name ringers so they can come in for one day and record their lines and put their names yeah. on the posters. Yeah, yeah. Yep. right. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's it's precisely almost, what
2: crazy happened. crazy how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's surprisingly enough, all of Liam Neeson's scenes are by, with Liam Neeson himself, just him talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, all right, so we got one more. Um, so that was the end of the uh, Miyazaki films. There are more Miyazaki films. There's a couple more. There's one about a pig who flies a plane. There's another one about <laughs> there's a historical <laughs> drama, um, but we're gonna shift gears a little bit. And ta- the last one we want to talk about tonight is uh, the Tale of Princess Kaguya, which was directed by um, Takada, who you remember from Great with the Fireflies. Mm. Um, so Tale of Princess Kaguya, er, Kaguya, excuse me, is actually based on a 15th century, maybe 13th century, a very, very old Japanese folktale, like one of the oldest known Japanese folktales um, in circulation. All right. The story and subsequently the movie goes like this. Um, start, enter Bamboo Cutter. We don't know his name. He's just like the Bamboo Cutter. Um, he finds a tiny princess in a bamboo shoot and takes her home to his wife, the Bamboo Cutter's wife. The, and this is all being narrated by the Bamboo Cutter's wife. So it's very much like it's, it's really driving home that this is a folktale. Yeah. Okay. The tiny princess turns into a normal-sized baby uh, in his wife's hands.
1: Okay. Sure.
2: All right. Um, All right. It's it's cute. Um, they decide to love her and raise her as their own own, and they name her princess because she looked like a little princess in in the bamboo shoot. They live in the country. Check check.
1: There it is. Ding, ding.
2: Princess grows very quickly, and and not like like kids grow too fast. Like she grows several years in a matter of weeks. Ah. Um. So she's like. Benjamin reverse Benjamin Button. It's like the it's the, the Robin Williams movie.
1: It's a, oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's just she's just aging. Like her brain is maturing. Yeah, she's not Jack. She just or she's just aging rapidly. Okay, okay. So she like she goes from being like a baby, and they literally like she she immediately like starts to crawl and talk and like do all of the baby things in one scene. If that makes any sense, it does. Um, but like the parents are like, that's cool, whatever. <laughs> um. So, fine. They don't care. They're in the ideal countryside. What? What else is there? What else is there to do? So, Princess grows up a very happy child. Um. She makes friends with the local village kids. It's very cute. They play games, etc., etc. Um. As she gets older, she becomes closest with Sutemaru. Um, who is the eldest of the village kids. And it's funny because she's like a six-year-old hanging out with a 13-year-old, and then she's a 13-year-old hanging out with a 13-year-old. <laughs> gotcha. Which is, which is, but it's, you know, it's played for for cuteness or whatever. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the bamboo cutter uh, keeps finding other things growing from bamboo shoots. Um, he cuts down another bamboo stock and discovers this big old pile of gold. Another one he cuts down, and he sees... This like really elegant fabric starts to shoot out like like a like a like a fountain um out of the the bamboo the bamboo stock. He decides that these are signs from the heavens that his daughter should become the most elegant princess of the area, whatever city, state, whatever. Pretty unmistakable
1: um, signs. Yep. Pretty hard to yeah, ignore. Exactly.
2: So he uses the gold to buy a mansion in the capital. Um, uses the fabrics to create uh, to have robes created for her. They then leave the capital, and princess uh, immediately misses the countryside and her friends. That's all she's known, right? That she was happy. She didn't need any of this stuff. Um, so this is all very much like a like a you know, looking the folk tale is intended to talk about the the ideas of like greed and and all of that. but but also, this movie is also kind of like, looking at the idea of womanhood in 15th century Japan in a very patriarchal society Um, because Princess is being taught to become a noble woman and she has to do all of the things that you would see, that you would attribute to that like geisha, feudal era, geisha culture. Yeah. So she has to do the white, pale face paint. She has to paint her teeth black because ladies weren't allowed to, they weren't supposed to open their mouth. They weren't supposed to show Mm. their teeth. And she, there's a line where she says, well, what if I want to laugh? And the woman says, you'll never, you shouldn't be laughing.
4: Oh.
2: Um, oh. She has to, yeah, she has to pluck her eyebrows and she has to learn to walk on her knees because women aren't supposed to be standing. They're supposed to be kneeling respectfully. Yikes. Yeah, it sucks. Wow. Um, she's f- supposed to be seen, but not heard. Everything is about her beauty, not her brains, not her talents, just about her beauty. So, I mean, this is just a very old-fashioned patriarchal society. And this, this definitely, like, is a, you know, is a, is a speaking to a lot of that. And finally, I think part of the original folktale was an exploration of what it means to be happy, because the the bamboo cutter he means well, right? He just wants what's best for his daughter, and he keeps saying things like, "I just want you to be happy. You can be the happiest princess ever." And he believes uh, incorrectly that all of these things that he's doing are is right. helping her, but all really the, that's all that's, the that's trappings
1: creating a... of royalty will make you happy. Exactly. And, and yeah. It's yeah. Like not the all case. she wanted was to.
2: Yeah. All she wanted was to live on their their you know, little, little bamboo farm. Yep. Um, so yeah, so this one, this one's a a really interesting movie. There's some, some cool stuff that they do with the animation. Um, it, it is hand drawn, uh, very, so like, I didn't get into this earlier, but all of the studio Ghibli movies are very highly produced. Like the animation is very tight. Um, the, 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 there's not a single line out of place. Like, I mean, again, the, the, the parallels to 90s era disney these are very high quality high high Mm -hmm. budget productions it's polished this it's very Mm. polished thank you yes it is it is a mario game like it's no 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 thing nothing is out of place right Mm. um this movie however is very um very loosely interpreted it's it's very kind of like the lines are very loose it's it's kind of like it almost looks like a like a like a colored pencil drawing um it's it's very folky. It's supposed to look like you're looking at, you know, like a, like a, the depictions of old feudal era, like pottery or something. The
1: old like paper cuttings or whatever.
0: Yeah, from, yeah. yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, but they do this really interesting thing where when they're in the when the first like third of the movie, when they're in the country, everything is very kind of like loosey goosey and just kind of fun and, and open and unrestricted. But as they start to they get into the capital and as, the, as she starts to become like a princess and a noble person, the lines start to get more restricting and the actual, the colors start to get more defined. And it's like trying to showcase or illustrate her being put in this box. It's really cool how they do that. This is, uh, so uh, that's, that's basically the premise. Um, I would say this is, a, this is a pretty good movie. It goes on a little bit long. It's like, it clocks in at like two hours and 20 minutes. Ooh, um, and I, I will say, yeah, yeah. after about, after about an hour 45, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. I figured it out. Um, it's the only other Takahata film, obviously, we talked about that isn't Grave of the Fireflies. There's a few other Takahata films. Grave of the Fireflies was definitely his biggest. Um, Takahata uh, passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago from lung cancer. I mm-hmm. mean, um, he was 85. He's, I mean, these, these guys have been doing this for a very, very long time. So, you know, again, we talked about the, the futility of, having earth, of coveting earthly possessions, um, citing love as the only thing that one needs. needs. Um, but yeah, generally pretty good. Uh, definitely solid. Like, I don't know, probably in the middle, in the middle of this bunch. Um, five out of ten on the whimsometer. You know, a little bit whimsy, a little bit of realism. Obviously, it's based on historical, historical, you know, facts, so it's not too whimsical. Sub or dub? Definitely the sub if you're gonna watch it. Um, James Kahn does the voice of the bamboo cutter james khan who is known for like his work in the godfather oh yeah and yeah, yeah and and a lot of other he was the dad in elf if you remember that yeah. Oh, oh yeah okay. james khan and mary seamburgen actually reunited from their work in elf uh, to be the, the wild husband and wife. buck yeah. wild ten, 10 years later um James Kahn's voice much like Billy Bob Thornton it's very jarring to hear <laughs> James Khan <laughs> Staten Island his way through all of these incredibly like ex- like very descriptive Japanese things these traditional Japanese places and names it's incredibly jarring um not great I think he 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 does a good job but it's like it's just like hearing like Takahari, what are you doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's weird. It's not um, James Kahn's fault that he's James Kahn. No, it's not James Kahn's fault that he's but, James Kahn. But
1: Japanese words don't sound right coming out of his mouth. No,
2: it It's just, somebody's it's so fault wrong. that
1: James Kahn was in that movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Mary Steenburgen, uh, who is, I love her. I think she's very good. Um, she was, uh, she was the narrator and she did, a, she did a lot of voice work for this. Cause she, d- she does the voice of the wife and the narration. I thought she was very good. Again, it was like very jarring. Still, uh, stick with the sub. Stick with the sub. Okay. So, yeah, with that, that's ten out of the twenty-two Studio Ghibli movies. Um, there are more. There are a lot more. All available on HBO Max streaming now. Um, <laughs> guys, closing thoughts. Thank you for uh, thank you for sitting through this. Um, what what are your takeaways from this?
0: Yeah. Um, closing thoughts. First off, Andrew, excellent job. This was really, really well done. Very good recap Um,
1: of these movies.
0: Yeah. Great job. Um, I think as somebody who has never seen a Studio Ghibli movie and whose honest interest in watching animated movies is not super high, not because I have anything wrong with animation. It's just not what I particularly enjoy. You Mm -hmm. did a really good job of selling me on a couple of these movies um like spirited away is definitely one of those movies that all through college people were like oh you got to watch it which of course made me not watch it uh, yeah i mean yeah I and it. and now that i'm now that i'm hearing that like i'm interested in that i definitely want to see grave of the fireflies princess mononoke princess mononoke excuse me my neighbor mm-hmm. totoro like the big hits i don't know yeah. that i would ever get more than like four or five movies through but fair y- yeah Yeah, it sounds it sounds, I guess, to sum up my thoughts, it sounds like Studio Ghibli has way more for me than I thought it had for me two and a half hours ago.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally fair.
3: Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that, that um, I feel like when we do these flavor texts that I get a very quick crash course over a thing that I've never experienced before. And I then think to myself, like,
1: well, that's the point. Well,
3: there's more to the sentence, Kyle. <laughs> he said the name I, of the movie! <laughs> um, but then at the end, I think, like, okay, like, has this inspired me to go and, like, you know, do my own experience with this? So, you know, for example, when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, I said, no, never, absolutely not, <laughs> ever, ever. Um, and this is one of those things where I'm kind of with Matt, where there are some of these movies that I will now seek out and watch, perhaps on HBO Max. Um, but i will go and like seek out uh i don't know i'd say like three or four of these and and check out
1: use promo code (laughs) debate (laughs) this
0: don't use promo (laughs) code debate this that's not a thing yet can we can we just email hbo max and see if they'll slide us a debate this login just for this podcast yeah
2: kyle any closing thoughts i mean as the as the most like educated of the of the group coming in
1: this was very good. Um, like like Matt and Todd said, I want to watch some more of these movies now more than I previously did. Um, I will probably watch *Spirit Away* and then gro- *Grave of the Fireflies*, and then curl up in a ball and contemplate yeah. life. Um, yeah. Is probably on the agenda for the next it's few totally weeks.
3: Fair. So, ah, uh, yes, the sadness special. I, <laughs> let me let me
2: say, I I will say this so your earlier point like what movie leaves you as a black hole of a person i didn't feel necessarily feel like i wanted to die afterward like it was definitely sad but first of all you know exactly what's going to happen so it it doesn't it's not like that i think i was it was it's kind of like seeing i mean it's like seeing a really intense drama like you're like wow i feel bad but like it's wow that was
1: really good it's very harrowing is what
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: Um, a better way to say that
2: it's still like nowhere near how I felt after I watched *Requiem for a Dream* the first time. Like I actually was like, I want to die. Re- after *Requiem that for movie. a Dream* is
1: always number yeah. two on that list. So,
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, cool. Well, if you listeners um, take one thing from today, watch *Spirited Away*. Just go do it. Go do it right now. It's it's excellent. Cool. Well, thank you everybody. Thanks for listening in to debate this. Uh, you all can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at debate this cast. If you want to commission your own flavor text, you can do that. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash debate this cast. It is a one-time fee of $50. And I will reiterate, just like we did today, we will talk about anything you want. We
1: haven't rejected anything yet.
2: Yeah. We might. You You could be that (laughs) rejection. (laughs) You could be that rejection. As long as you don't tell me, like Kyle's brother, to watch the entirety of One Piece.
3: (laughs) Okay, you were looking we
2: were. for a reason. You spoke that I into that. existence. It, yeah. I know, I know. I, I, was, I was daring people to it'd punch a, me in the face. You were that
3: kid walking around saying, it'd be a shame if someone, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> dared yeah. me to jump into the pool. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's, yes. That's what one, I did. One Piece was Chekhov's anime for you. Yep,
2: yep, I know, I know. Um, anyway, visit patreon.com slash Um Okay, so we've got one last stop for you on the Spooktacular Express. Um, it's well, we're doing a little bonus, a little bonus episode, um, special this episode the coming week. <laughs> the, this
4: is the fifth week. <laughs> the, yeah, remember, when I, said were,
2: week. <laughs> yeah, remember when I said there were five Tuesdays in October. We're just making Saturday a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So Saturday next Saturday, the thirty first. Uh, Kyle will be leading us in a Halloween themed one shot D anD D campaign. Kyle, do you want to talk about that? Yes or no.
1: I don't know how much I want to give away. Cool. I guess I'll give it away. Um, we're, it, we're, we're doing Scooby-Doo. We're doing, we're doing D&D Scooby-Doo.
3: Is it a non-litigious uh, Scooby-Doo it's, knockoff? It's a, it's a non-litigious
1: <laughs> um, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo knockoff. Um, Matt, Andrew, Todd, and friend of the show, Zach, will be playing characters in a fantasy setting that strongly resemble the crew of Mystery Inc., yep. And we're going we're gonna to scooby-doo. We're going to scooby-doo all <laughs> over the place. We're going
2: we're gonna to scooby-doo. Um, we're going to scooby-doo as fuck. Um, so check that out. That will be coming on the feed this Saturday, the 31st. Uh, and we decided, so we've been talking about it being released on the Patreon feed. And we actually just decided we're going to release it on the main feed. So this Saturday, October 31st. <laughs> Halloween, uh, Halloween. Halloween. That's Halloween. Not a Tuesday, Saturday. <laughs> the uh, fifth Tuesday, secretly Saturday, fifth, uh, I, aka the fifth Tuesday. Uh, we'll be releasing the Halloween one shot for your listening pleasure. Until next time, I am Andrew Henderson.
1: I am Kyle. Oh, I had a good a good one, and I lost it, Harper. Um, I am Kyle. Um. Leave him. Skip, skip me. <laughs>
3: Kyle, skip, skip me, me Harper. Harper. Um, um, I am Todd, a Kiki's Delivery Service remake, but with Adam Driver as the voice of
2: the
0: cat, Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Matt, Billy Bob's Thornton Cole.
2: <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us, and if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.
3: Kyle, you want to throw it in now and it can get cut in there? No, no, you're Kyle Skip Me Harper now.
1: Yeah, it's Kyle Skip Me Harper. That's the only way it can be.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you you tripped over your dick on that one. (laughs) Yep, sure did.